Welcome to Dragon Talk. We are back. We're back from the Los Angeles. Back from hell. Holy is. And Greg Tito got his voice back. I am back. I got my voice. Uh, it's how, uh, you know, Stella got, his, got her groove back, but I got Greg my voice back. Greg got his voice back, and uh, your uh, eyes uh, uh, stopped uh. oozing. <laughs> Mostly. <laughs> Mostly stop Just oozing. Just the regular ooze. I think I called it the devil's mustard. Uh, oh, it's the disease that I had. I, I just threw up. <laughs> um, can I get a washcloth? Uh, so we're talking about D&D Live 2019, The Descent. Descent. Where Descent. I got crazy Descent. sick. Uh, on Friday, I don't think I even really talked about it too much on the Twitters or anything like that. But I was really you sick couldn't. Friday morning. You were incapable. Uh, June, June, May seventeenth, eighteenth, and nineteenth is when the dates are. I, once I say that, I don't have to say those the dates anymore. No. Um. So, uh, yeah, and I I went to the clinic in Hollywood, and they How immediately was it? it was great. I was like in and out there. Like I was I was expecting to be like two hours for it was, sure. It was fifteen minutes tops. Before what? I had the prescription they, you in my in hand, and they were probably like, oh, oh, "They're like, get away he's from." Got the devil's mustard. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how doctors act. They're like, Ugh. you were acting a little bit like the imps and or Mad Maggie right then. We do. Did we have a Mad Maggie cos- cosplay? We did. We did indeed. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, they did an amazing job. They were all great. Yes. Uh, there was one mm-hmm. that was walking around flipping her little soul coin. Mm. And she caught my eye, or I caught her eye, and she just gave me this like, huh, like a little like nod, like I dare you to come over here and try to get this little coin. And yeah. I was too scared. I was like, no, <laughs> no. You're like, I'm, not, I'm just a little passerby. Do not mess with the imps. Nope. Nope. It was creepy. Nope. Uh, so the soul coins, I have one of them in my hand right now. I They're very heavy. Soul you have in it. Uh, I believe it's uh, Jim Zub's soul <laughs> is in here. <laughs> Uh, so these were, as you can li- you probably listen to in the previous uh, episodes of uh, Dragon Talk, as well as on all the videos that you can watch on demand from D and D Live Please 2019. Watch them. They're so good on our YouTube channel. There's all of, I mean, there's a lot of content up there. Probably more than uh, 50 hours of original stuff uh, and more uh, will be going up soon. So check it all out there. You didn't miss anything. Uh, there's tons of stuff to des- to devour. Uh, you didn't miss anything. I mean, well. Y- it's all because there we forever. recorded it. Because we recorded it yeah. for posterity. Yes. Uh, and uh, they're now all up there for real with audio that, that, that you can listen to. So that's good. Uh, but yeah, these soul coins were given out uh, by the cosplayers who were there. They told a story. You basically got a map when you came, when, when, when attendees came show to. Show your coin. I'm, I'm going to show my coin. Yeah, show your coin. Are you doing a, a zoom from the. There you go. Derp a derp. All right. <laughs> this is great audio, you guys. When you do this, oh, that's how you get the devil's mustard. <laughs> oh my god, I got the devil's mustard in my mouth. It's terrible. Greg just ate a soul coin. Oh, now I have I'm the soul of Jim Zub inside oh, me. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. Uh, so uh, yeah, the cosplayers were telling a story, and that basically your reward for going through and doing all of. Uh, the little bits with each of the cosplayers who are also acting as characters, uh, you were able to get your soul coin and leave uh, the plane of hell, leave Avernus uh, with your soul intact. They so were was, in it. They were in character. In it to win it. And all the attendees uh, had a great time there uh, as did. well as interacting with, uh, you know, D&D luminaries is the, the good catch-all phrase. Yes. Because it was people on the D&D team, 
podcasters, streamers, uh, people who uh, you know uh, create licensed D and D stuff. Yep. We had fourteen amazing partners um, there. Uh, how great was Ben Looms from Sirenscape? Oh my god! Oh, he was so good. He knocked it out of the park. Yes. Out of the, out of the plane. Out of, out of the, the plane. plane of hell. He like, yep. it was out of there. He was amazing. Right. He uh, he sang uh, to open up the concert, yeah. uh, which was fantastic. I didn't even talk about the concert. Yeah. I had a miss because I had to go home. But I heard it was amazing. It was amazing. There was a concert. We had a rock concert there with uh, uh, Cardioid was amazing. A lot of people f- saw them for the first time. Yeah. Library Bards was there. Jason Charles Miller uh, did two awesome songs. Jeez. Um, Mountain Goats, of course. John Darnell was there yep. and did an uh, amazing uh, thing. I, my, my favorite, I think, bit was when uh, Pelham was like, I think, I think we're all going to be chanting Hail Satan by the end <gasps> of the song. Because uh, he's got that song. It's called the uh, 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 the best death metal band out of oh, Denton. Oh, my God. Then this which is, closed out his set. It's the 80s all over again. It was again. the 80s all, all over oh, again. Oh, no. Hail Satan. Uh, and it was great. And then um, uh, Magic Sword. We never knew. We I didn't know what to expect with Magic Sword. I was like, they're going to be awesome, but I'm, I, what what is it going to be? How is it going to be received? And it was so gratifying to see the folks who were there for the concert get up and start they just did? dancing like they were at a Shut real up. rock concert because really it was a real rock concert. They like, I mean, I'm not a huge. Um, you know, electronic dance music fan, so I, I can't say like it was like my genre, but it didn't matter because they brought everybody up with their energy. They they just handed out plastic magic swords, no, they didn't. jumping around. I don't know if you know this, but Liz Shu was there the entire concert. Uh, our boss, Liz Shu, is amazing. She did a lot of great work with D and D Live. She was jumping up in the air, fists pounding. Oh! Oh my so God. excited uh, uh, about the performance that Magic Sword was doing. They rocked the house. And her son, Ben, was, was one of our awesome photographers. He took a lot of great pictures. His pictures are fantastic. They are amazing. Yeah. They're good stuff. Oh, I wish I could have been. Because you know I can bang my head. You are a good headbanger. I can I do mean, it. I think you went to school for that. I did. Yeah. I majored in headbanging. Yeah, so it's really important not to do it too much so that you well, hurt your head. Well, not at this age. You not the whiplashing. Really. Or get the vertigo or something. <laughs> the vertigo. <laughs> <laughs> um, Magic Sword, I think, was the band that showed up kind of early and we helped them unload their equipment. Yes, because they had the most uh, uh, intricate setup. It wasn't just instruments. They have like a lot of electronic stuff. I'm looking at Ryan because I'm like, oh, yeah, you know about... Music you stuff. You know about the bands. Yeah, so it was a, it was a little um, bit of a touch and go, but we're setting that all up. But they sound checked. They did everything. It was the same space that we used for the D and D Epic that day, as well as all of the live shows. Sound checking while the Epic was going on. No, they, they were setting up. They started sound checking immediately after, uh, and so the transition. I only you only had four hours really to transition, and that ended up being plenty of time uh, to get everybody well, happy and having one of their the best sets ever by a fandom that was like super excited just to like you know. I love uh, it. Uh, uh, ha- have this wonderful celebratory moment at the end They're of the live. They're my new favorite band. They're fantastic. But I actually got to live out one of my dreams of like pre- pretending I was like a, a road manager because that's what I really wanted to do. You pretend to be a road manager? Well, like I'm like carrying like equipment into a venue. I'm like, this is what I would have been doing if I followed my dreams. If, if you were only working at Sub Pop still. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I would have hated that, by the way. I... I'm carrying chairs and tables, which is what I saw you do. Part, you were doing some good carrying. Did you see that? I saw it. I was helping. You were helping a lot. Okay. I was trying. I was trying to earn my keep. <laughs> you earned it. I tried. Yeah, you earned your soul coin back slightly. Oh, and I also loved getting my hair and makeup done. <gasps> right? By professionals. Yeah. 
Misty, like a real pro. Misty Dawn is one of my favorite people. She's been at uh, a couple of the events we've done uh, last year. She's fantastic. She's got some good cat stories, too. And she is able to create... I mean, she did the makeup for Jim Zub. She yes. shaved his head, uh, all that stuff. Uh, and uh, uh, her, her cohort, Diane, did a wonderful job as well uh, with all the beauty stuff. Yep. Uh, you know, made Anna Prosser look amazing as host. That's not... I mean, even I... I don't know how to do makeup, and I could make Anna Prosser look amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but it takes... It makes an just extra like, amount hey, of skill to make it... take this comb. Okay, done. But then she's got those tresses of hair. Oh, that yeah, just yeah. like uh, it's. It's a lot of work, but it looked amazing. Yep. She did a fantastic job. Uh, Anna Prosser did just making sure uh, you guys stayed on point for all of the things you need to talk easy. about. Not easy. Not easy. I think she even prompted you for like, what's the title of the thing? Yeah, I know. It's like, this is a expansion. Woo! And we're like, what's the title? Peace what's out, it? everyone. You did oh, that. I'm sorry. What's it called? <laughs> oh, yeah. Sandy Masasco Football Rules. Hi, <laughs> 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 <Hey>, Mom. Hi, <laughs> <Hey>, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the uh, the expansion is called what? Battle? Battle for Baldur's Gate, Battle baby. Battle for Baldur's Gate. Because we're in with the theme, we're the annual storyline. In it to win it. Um, you know what we haven't talked about? What? Our guest? We did. For today? We should do that. We should do that on the intro because it is Mr. Ethan Schoonover <laughs> is coming on. We Woo! will be talking to him uh, about... What it's like to run a D&D club, turning into a D&D class yep. at a school here in the Seattle area. Girls' school. A girls', girls all-girls school. school. Uh, the stories he has told on Twitter about the Dungeon Masters that he is Amazing. training up uh, just makes my heart uh, yep. explode I love with it. love. There's so many good stories. I'm going to use all of his guidelines that he'll teach us in this interview on, uh, on, on my girls. Yeah, Or maybe I'll just hire Ethan to, to Maybe by the time your girls go to middle school, like... It's going to be like, of course there's a and d club here. Of course there is. It's and we're going to start it. They have math. They have history. They have science. They have D&D. They have PE. They have art. Well, my dream is for D&D to be integrated in all of those things. So exactly. that you're like, oh, you learn history. Let's go into our imagination land where uh, here's Alexander Hamilton writing his uh, treatise uh, defending the Constitution with the Federalist Papers. See, I can just say that. My God. Yeah, see, because I played D&D as Alexander I'm Hamilton. really impressed. <laughs> and because you saw Hamilton. I never actually seen Hamilton. You haven't? No. Me either. No, it's very expensive. It was in Chicago when we were just there this past weekend. Yeah. And my friend lives in Chicago. He was like, oh, it's super easy to get tickets. Did you want me to get you one? I'm like, I, I, okay, I wish I had known. Yeah, it's just super easy. Yeah, you just gotta like, call up Lin Manuel Miranda and be yeah. like, "Hey." He just stands outside of the hey. theater, like handing him out. And he's like, "He can't fill a seat, man. You just gotta like <laughs> give him out." It's not D and D live, okay? It's Hamilton. It's just Hamilton. It's just Hamilton. Nothing big. Yeah. Um. So we'll be having Lin Manuel at our next D and D live event. I think he's uh, a D and D guy. Of course, yeah. right? Yeah, we've got. You can't be that creative and that talented without D and D in your life. That's true. That's true. At least uh, science. The, the the portrayal is in his heart. It is. Uh. So we'll be talking to Ethan uh, Schoonover very soon. Then we also have uh, some B segments. We're going to talk. I keep calling B segments because of you, Ryan. Uh. It's lore you should know. Uh. With a new person. We're going to talk to Adam Lee. Adam Lee! Uh, who did amazing stuff uh, for uh, the Baldur's Gate Descent into Avernus storyline. Yes, he did. Uh, and he's going to give us uh, some insight into one him. facet of that wonderfulness very soon. It'll be nice to hear sweet Adam and his soft, soothing yoga voice. His talk yoga about voice. Hell and demons. Yeah. Here's what demons mean to me. 
Here's how I descended. Here's how I get out my inner demons by stretching out my gluteus maximus. <laughs> <And> tree pose. And <laughs> tree pose. <laughs> There's no trees in Avernus. <laughs> They're all been burned. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what we'll be doing. Uh, do we do we do we, do we want to go over all the products that we talked yes, about? Yes, because I'm bursting with fruit flavor. Well, yes, you are. <laughs> Uh, this is fruit-flavored coffee. It's delicious. Mm. Mm. Uh, I feel like we'd be remiss to say uh, Ghost of Salt Marsh is out now. You can get it. It's in-game stores. Yes. You can sail the seven seas uh, or the 17 seas or the 7,717 seas. All of them. All of them um, or just the one that's near Salt Marsh. Uh, yeah. It's fantastic. Uh, there's two versions available. You can get one, the standard cover, which is Gorge. badass. Uh, but then there's also the <laughs> alternate, alternate cover version. You can only get in game stores. Um, it's got a no, no scratch cover. Uh, so, so dig in and grab it while you can. Good. Um, there's also a little book called Acquisitions Incorporated coming out yeah. this month, June 18th. Uh, it has everything you need to start up a franchise. Franchise. That's the word I was looking for. Thank ah, you. You help me with partner. I help you with franchise. That's These are words. That's why we are together. <laughs> That's why we're a team. We're like collaborators. Have we finish each other's sentences. <laughs> finish each other's sandwiches. Ah, I uh, uh, Hope you like veggie burgers. Uh, <laughs> we'll I, as long as I can put devil's mustard on it. Oh. <laughs> I need the washcloth again. <laughs> Uh, anywho, we're talking about Adventures, uh, Adventures Acqu- Acquisition. No. Acquisitions Incorporated. <laughs> you can start your own franchise. There's a mini campaign in there plus NPC write-ups yes. of all of the characters you know and love from uh, uh, Ac Inc. And uh, the from the PAX West as well as from the C Team. Yeah. So you can play Rosie Beestinger, yeah. for example. Uh, uh, the Viari, uh, Patrick Rothfuss' yes. character is in there as well. And they were awesome uh, playing together at D&D Live. Uh, it was really great to see them and see their, their, their cohesion. It was, it was a wonderful thing. Love it. Uh, so that's, again, coming out June 18th. Check your uh, local Check listings. It. Check your listings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, of course, let's just go real quick through all the fun things that we announced. Can we do that? Except for the one that I announced. Okay, so you do that one. Uh, so Baldur's Gate Descent into Avernus is a campaign uh, similar to Waterdeep Dragon Heist or, or Tomb of Annihilation. Yes. Um, it, it takes players from level 1 to level 13. It's set in Baldur's Gate until... 13, some, really. I know, right? It's, it's in the messaging for a reason. Uh. Um and then uh, it it, uh, it it begins in the material plane, but then you, through the course of it, will travel to Avernus, the first layer of hell, and uh, interact with what's happening on that plane, which is the blood war between devils and demons. Uh, the cover is amazing. It's by Tyler Jacobson, oh, uh, amazing so artist. Uh, he's done, uh, just to name a few, but the Monster Manual and uh, Player's Handbook, uh, as well as tons of other uh, great covers. He did this cover. It's got Zeriel with her sword, uh, uh, the um, arch devil that's in charge of that plane. And then there's an alt cover by Mr. Hydro74, who was also at D&D Live. Oh, it that's was really right. great to see Josh. He's a fantastic artist. He's yep. done the alternate covers uh, for Xanathar's and Volus Get to Monsters. There's an alternate cover. It was on a lot of the T-shirts uh, and the swag bags that you might have seen yes. uh, everywhere. Fantastic stuff. Uh, so there's also dice. There's a great dice, dice. set. The dice set. Dude, people are seriously freaking out about this dice I'm set. I'm freaking out about this dice set. It's pretty cool. It was like number one on Amazon. It <laughs> deserves to be number 17,000 million on... Wait, no, that's the opposite. No. no. It should be negative 400. No. <laughs> <laughs> the dice set's cool. It's not even just a dice set because there's like so many other things in it. Yeah, we'll talk more about it as we get closer, but because we're running out of out of time here, this is getting to be a longy. 
Got to stay on The Dungeon Dragon Essentials Kit. It's going to be in Target on uh, June 24th in North America. Everywhere else on September 3rd. Great for onboarding new players where the starter starter set that came out for 5th edition might be more Dungeon Master focused. The Essentials Kit is more for players, people who can jump in and make their first character. Uh, it's got sidekick rules. It's got rules for uh, only two players, but one dungeon master That's and one awesome. player. That, uh, people are really excited about that. It's pretty cool. It's got a new adventure. And, I mean, there is a uh, NPC in there that may or may not be modeled after my child. <gasps> is that true? Yeah. Who's the NPC? Quinn Hydouble. Oh. And Sean, I think Sean would, did the illustration for him, and I gave him Quinn's little class picture, mm-hmm. and then he kind of, like, aged him up. Like, one of those, like... This is what this is what he look, will look like. Look like at sixteen. He's one of the sidekicks. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's adorable. Yeah, that's so cool. That's All right, nice. well, we'll be sure to embarrass him uh, when he's you know twenty five, being like, "This was you. You don't look like that." God, mom, <laughs> totally exploiting my identity. Uh, there's also uh, Dungeons and Dragons versus Rick and Morty tabletop role playing game adventure. That's what I want to talk about. You talk about it real quick. Okay, it's the best thing ever. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> Based on taking a uh, uh, like. Picking up from the comic book yeah. series, uh, you now get a chance to play Rick's Dungeons and Dragons. Like, what if he was your dungeon master? He so is my dungeon master. It is an all original adventure that Kate Welch is leading the design on, and it is so funny and so weird and so awesome. And you get to play. Um, the, we have five pregens in there that are the characters from the comic, or Rick's family, uh-huh. and dice, and a rule book that has been annotated by Rick and also an amazing Dungeon Master screen with all new original art from Troy Little. Ooh, with lots of fun, uh, uh, helpful, quote-unquote, hints on the back of that Dungeon Master screen for the Dungeon Master. Yes. That's good stuff. So it's amazing. North America only on November 19th. Correct. 2019? Yeah. This year? This year. Are you serious? Swear to God. Are you done with it yet? Uh, It's very close. Then good. Yeah. All right. We're done we're, and done. We are on schedule. <laughs> I hate you so much. Uh, again, I do want to emphasize it is North America only for reasons. Reasons. But just want to make sure everyone knows uh, uh, you can get it here in uh, Canada. Yeah. So that's good. Canadians get something. Yeah. For nothing. They get free help. Uh, we already mentioned. The <laughs> yeah, they do. Uh, <laughs> Battle for Baldur's Gate. Um, Ma'am. And then dungeon, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I think, I think, I think we've covered it's it. It's kind of a busy year. We've got a few more episodes to cover more of these in detail. Yes. We'll be probably talking to a lot of the creators yeah. uh, behind a lot of these things leading up to uh, when they release. So, but wanted to give you a quick overview, you know, in our voice. <laughs> uh, all right, Bert's let's get to voice. our uh, Lori should know. Okay, we'll have some bangs, we'll have some bongs, and you'll hear the dulcet tones of Adam Lee. Ready to get your yoga mat. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a segment of Lore You Should Know. I am Greg Tito, and I'm joined by Adam Lee. Well, hello, Greg. Hi, Adam. How are you? I'm delightful. And you? Oh, wonderful. Oh. <laughs> uh, today on Lore You Should Know, where we, we, we investigate little bits of Dungeons & Dragons lore for mm-hmm. your own edification and or ways to infect it into your game, Yes. We just renounced, uh, ba- I was going to say battle for Baldur's Gate, but it's not. It's <laughs> Baldur's Gate Descent into Avernus. Yeah. Uh, a story that has been near and dear to your heart for the last two years? 200,000 years. 200,000 years. <laughs> uh, since the dawn of time. Since the dawn of time. 
I know. You are the devil behind uh, all this. Uh, I'm one of the devils in the details. (laughs) 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 Um, So today we're going to talk about uh, the the warlords uh, that are kind of independent agents in this first plane of the Nine Hells, Avernus. Yeah. As well as what they want. Oh, yeah. Which are... These, these bad boys. Yeah. These soul coins. These delicious little things. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, where do you want to start? Um, well, I mean, we could start right at... Uh, so, what the Warlords are is um, they are a collection of all kinds of different creatures um, uh, that have come from all around. Some of them are from within hell, and some of them have come from extra extra outside of, planes outside of hell. And uh, pretty much what they're doing in there are varied and sundry. Um, However, most of them are about these guys, the soul coins. Mm. Um, This is the sort of economy of hell. This is how hell runs. And this is all of hell or just on Avernus, just on the first plane? Um, All of hell. All of Um, hell runs on soul coins. Yeah, soul coins are are the way uh, devils sort of... Um, do deals. Um, they trade them for goods and services, <laughs> as you would. Um, they also use them for bribes and uh, and to reward their um, their you know their their servants that uh, do good things, and they're also or bad things or, or, or bad things. Yes, yes. And they're also um, used to rob the uh, devils will rob and cheat and steal from each other. So, um, but this kind of uh, souls are what makes uh, the the economy of hell go round. So. Interesting, um, and it, and it becomes both an energy source and a currency. Yeah, yeah. So soul coins, um, you can use them um, to. You can use a soul because each soul coin has its own individual soul trapped within it, and those souls may be good or evil. And um, if you have a soul coin, you can actually telep- telepathically connect with it, oh. and you can um, have a small conversation with one of these things. Um, sometimes a soul inside is is insane and may just give you babble, and others may speak cryptically. Um, others may plead and beg <laughs> to be let out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Are there more ones that are more valuable than others to devils? Oh yeah, yeah. There's some uh, some uh, you might find a, a coin that has a really um, a soul of a great paladin, a warrior that oh. was um, somehow trapped into one of these. Um, and if a devil does. Uh, find one of those, then uh, that would be um, of a great value to them um, because devils love uh, seeing uh, the good guys go down. Mm. So, uh, but if you come into contact with one of these, you might hear a plea from it and then be taken on a whole new adventure that uh, can lead you who knows where. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So is it, almost, is it like the value difference between a like a platinum coin to a copper coin or is it it's yeah. It's I mean, it could be seen on that level. I mean, it's definitely more abstract. Depending on um, you know, a certain devil might really, you know, some devils might not see it. Like like say a devil archdevil like Zeriel. She might if it's a great warrior in there. She might be like, ooh, uh, I'm, I'm interested soul. in that. Yeah, because I want to now take that and put it into you know, uh, you know, some kind of make it into a devil. If it's a be- an evil soul, or if it's a good soul, then she might want to destroy it because if it ever comes free, that could be a threat. Another devil like Mephistopheles might see, oh, if it's a great magician or a great uh, artificer or alchemist or something like that, mm. Mephistopheles, who's interested in magic items and, and knowledge, might say, ooh, I, I want that soul. And if you give that to me, I'll give you some kind of I see. cool thing in exchange. So there's like so. a relative value based mm-hmm. on the purchaser. Sure. Right? Yeah, in yeah. Way. Okay. And now how, how – what, what is the difference between the souls 
in trapped in soul coins and the souls that are devils that come out as uh, from oh, the sticks. Lemures. So yeah. those are generally lawful evil souls. So if you have one of these things and um, one of the soul coins, soul coins, and you, um, say I was to cast remove curse on it, like and and then the soul is freed. If a good soul is in that, then it's just going to kind of flitter off and go to either the plane where its god is is in residence, or it's going to go to the plane that sort of naturally is you know if it's chaotic good, it'll go to a chaotic good plane. If it's chaotic neutral, it'll go chaotic neutral plane. If it's a lawful evil soul, it'll come out of here and then just get sucked because of the power of Avernus. It'll get sucked into the river Styx and then emerge as a lemur or a lemur, as some may say. <laughs> <laughs> I say lemur, however. Um, I think the the correct is lemur, which I'm just like the like, monkey. It's like a monkey, yeah. Right. So the lemur makes a lot more sense to me. Yes. Um, okay. So just sorry if I'm if I'm just trying to get the metaphysics no, no, here. Man. So the so how how does a how does a good soul get trapped in a soul coin to be traded in hell? Then so a good soul getting trapped in one of these. Um, one way is that they they. Um, they either make a deal with the devil, like they their backs against the wall, and they're, oh, and they're a good person, and they're just like I've got no other choice. You know, you always have a choice, but in say in their case, they they were, they're like I've got to save my my city, or I've got to save the people I love, and the only way to do that is to make the deal with the devil. And they do that deal, and the devil's like, uh, you know, you've got to do these, uh, you know, tasks for me. And after the devil does saves them. They're like, you know what? Screw that deal. I'm not going to do it. And when they break a deal, um, probably the penalty could be that you get trapped inside one of these, or that your your soul becomes sucked into, you know, um, you know, gets well, yeah, your soul is forfeit. So, um, so you're not allowed to break deals. Another way, uh, you know, good aligned people can get trapped into these things is, um, you know, is through basically through deals. Um, another thing that I guess they could. Um, be cursed somehow. Um, they could get cursed, and then the part of that curse is to to wind up getting here. Or they get cursed, and then that curse then leads to a bargain that leads to something else. So, so that's why the, the when you were talking about relative value, that's why good aligned soul coins are so valuable. Is because oh yeah, they're so rare. It's hard. Yeah, they're hard. Right? It takes hard. a lot of devilish work. Yeah, uh, on the material plane to convince yeah. someone uh, or, or some soul that whatever choice they're making, even though it might be an evil yeah. act, they might think it's got the r- relative general good yeah but the penalty is getting this and then for devils that's like delicious candy yeah it's a comedy of errors for a good person to get in one of these but (laughs) it happens and uh and when it does yeah then um you know as you see these coins flitting around and generally when you you're say if you're in avernus and you get one of these coins you're going to sort of have a sense of what kind of souls in here Mm -hmm. you'll feel either the rage that's coming from if it's a, like a you know a, a wrathful soul or you know a madness it'll be cackling or whatever um, but um, and sometimes you know you could have a soul that's evil but it, it could be masquerading as good so it might be tricking Ooh. you and you wouldn't know but um, generally you know you can kind of feel telepathically if you hold a soul coin you'll know sort of like what is trapped in there and what the energy is because um, as a as a as a as a adventurer in hell, you can actually, um, 
you know, query these and you can also uh, pull on their energy to heal yourself or to use their energy for your own good. Oh, is that an evil act? That is that? an evil act. Oh. Yeah. So, so then your soul might be forfeited and turned into a soul coin. Yeah. I think as, as you know, you're playing in, in, in Avernus, a, a DM is going to kind of keep a little tally in secret as to what kind of, you know, things you're doing in there as a player. And um, there could be consequences. So if you're like, you know, oh, I'm going to draw upon this power to like heal myself or make me more cool, um, that's just a little stain or that's a little evil act that you're doing. However, freeing a soul from a soul coin is a good act. Ah. So if you're like, no, I'm not going to go for this devil BS. I'm going to free all these souls. You can destroy these in various ways and, uh, and, and be a goody two-shoes in hell. That's pretty interesting. Which is kind of what it's all about. <laughs> uh, okay, so then we, we we did say that they are able to power certain things within yeah. hell, and that's one of them. You know, the most uh, ones we've talked about the most so far is the infernal war machines. Yeah, what uh, what are those? What's an infernal war machine? So so uh, Avernus is a kind of the the neck or the originator point of infernal war machines, and why that is is because it's the front line of the blood war. So the demons are piling out of the river sticks and they're smashing into hell and they're trying to devour their way all the way to the to the ninth level. Avernus is sort of the the barrier against all of that. And so to fight demons, um, you know, demons aren't uh, are they need to be? Um, I mean, they're they're just terrifying and they come in hordes. And so the devils have um, devised these these machines. Um, that are just demon slaying, uh, just demon slaying war machines, contraptions, contraptions of, of, of hell. Yeah. yeah, are they made from actual physical metal and yeah, and stone and wh- whatever materials that are there? Yeah, basically they're made out of inf- infernally mined iron, and okay. uh, and they, um, you know, they're all different sizes and shapes, and um, some of them are massive and enormous, and some of them are like about the size of maybe a, a large motorcycle. Um, so they're, they're all over the spectrum. Who makes them? Um, it's, there's various forges in hell. Um, and Bell is one of these forges, oh. the, uh, our old pal, yeah. the former ruler of Avernus. He has now been demoted since Ariel has come into power and now he runs a forge. Interesting. And, um, and, and uh, he was portrayed at uh, D&D Live. He was quite by well. Gil Ramirez oh my uh, as Bell. How amazing was that? That was so cool. So cool to see him, man. Yeah, he's yeah. super talented. So Love that. That was a lot of fun. Uh, so that's cool. I didn't realize that's... that's I, cause I knew he was a, a, a blacksmith and that he was making something. Yeah. I didn't realize that one of the things he was making was these machines. Yeah, so these machines are made all over the place. Um, you know, And uh, you can... And this war has been going on for eons and eons. And there is wreckage of all these war machines throughout Avernus. And you are able to go in and find these wrecks. And from the wreckage, you can construct your own sort of versions of your own war machine. And mm. so warlords who are throughout Avernus are sort of the, the, the creatures who have done this. They have gone to um, these wrecks they have reverse engineered they've figured it out and they've devised their own sort of ramshackle contraptions and uh, created their own war machines now and of course all war machines are powered by souls yeah Um, and that's where the coins come in where um, each coin has uh, a certain amount of charges within it and um, when you put your coin into a war machine it will destroy the coin 
and trap the soul. And so now the soul will in- inhabit your war machine and power it. And it will power it depending on how many charges are, were in the coin. Um, it will power it for that many hours. Like it'll, I think it's for each charge, it's uh, 24 hours. Okay. So you can go rambling across the hellscape with your war machine all charged up until it devours the soul because each hell, uh, in each uh, war machine, there is a furnace of hellfire mm. that um, just annihilates the soul and then the soul is devoured. So that, that, that basically consumes the soul. It doesn't yeah. exist anymore. Yeah, the soul doesn't exist. In that, that person case. cannot be resurrected. No, not even through divine intervention. Wow. It is, yeah, this it's is gone, a gone. very permanent way. So, that's, so powering a war machine is a really a bad thing to do. <laughs> that's one of the stains of your of your own yeah. adventures through Avernus. So interesting. It, it is the most fun thing to do is to drive your war machine and do the the Fury Road thing. Yeah. But at the same time, it is it is um, it is a very evil act. So you know, paladins are going to be really um, challenged when they go down here and uh, to to being righteous and and to following um, sort of their their code of ethics. Right. So you mentioned these 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 warlords, these other. Some of them are from other planes. Yeah, yeah. They're not actually dead in hell, right? They're not. No. They're not people whose souls have, have left their bodies. No, they are. So how do they end up there? So some of them, um, like there's a there's a, a, a warlord called Feanor, and she was uh, invited down by Mahadi, who is a, a Rakshasa who is uh, who leads this wandering emporium that kind of goes through hell, and he is really kind of the one of the shadiest characters. Like, Hell is full of shady characters, but Mahadi is one of the shadiest. Um, very charismatic and very evil and, um, and will give you some wonderful things, but for a price. So, but Feonor was invited down by Mahadi. So Mahadi allowed, you know, generated a portal. Feonor came down and he was kind of, kind of had the hots for Feonor. Let's just put it bluntly. But yeah. Feonor is a very fickle, and um, and she's kind of um, hard to please, and uh, and she grew bored with him after a while. Mm-hmm. Even as, as awesome as Mahadi is, and as many tricks as he had up his sleeve, she was like, eh, "I'm done here." Uh, but she did like war machines, and she did like creating her own sort of uh, warlord army, and that's what she did. She stole a war machine. She went off, and she created an undead sort of army um, of of her her warlord gang, and now she's sort of roaming around Avernus doing dastardly things. So you said undead. How is that? How do undead get raised in hell? Um, well, that's a very good question. Uh, some of them are just from you know hapless mortals that went there and uh, were you know brought back through her necromantic powers. Um, generally, if your soul uh, you know undead are soulless, so it's just animating a, a rotting corpse. Um, so. Um, as, with her necromantic power, she's she's able to do that to return mm. dead. Um, so, but the souls now that's another story. As soon as the person dies, that soul is going to fly off to who knows where, hmm. um, and then uh, you know we'll see. We'll, you know wherever it goes, it goes. But, Interesting. All right. So she's just one of the many warlords that are yeah. down there. Um, that seems like she. So is, is she trying to get out? Is that like kind of the idea? Is like okay, I was in hell for a while. I was with Mahadi. Are are warlords happy where they are? Um. Well. I mean, everybody in hell is miserable. So <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, yeah, everybody in hell is miserable. No, there's happy. Uh, they may feign happiness, they may feign contentment, but it's absolutely not the case. Uh, everybody there is is in some stage of of, of awful suffering or or uh, just you know self consuming hatred or angst or whatever. So 
Um, but, you know, each warlord is there to try to have their desires fulfilled or try to uh, enact their deepest wrath. Um, like somebody like Ragadraga, who is a werebore, um, he's there to, you know, like become the king of everything. Mm. Um, there's another uh, called uh, Princeps Kovic, and he was once, uh, he was a chain devil who was in charge of a devil legion that was wiped out by Koschichi, who is there. Um, and uh, he's now been, you know, disbanded um, and uh, disenfranchised and now is sort of a, a renegade devil who is now become a warlord and he has brought different devils from different parts, you know, from war, you know, devils who have been cast out or um, devils who don't have a legion. And he's amassed this band of devils. And he is, is sort of his desire is to, you know, win the fight. He's his desire is to go back into the abyss. He wants to destroy the demons who, who cost him everything. Mm. Um, uh, there's a bitter breath. Um, that warlord, he was, once a pit fiend, um, was a pal of Bell's when Bell was the archdevil and he ruled Avernus. Um, when Bell got cast down by Zariel, um, Bitterbreath uh, was demoted mm. and he became a horn devil. And he still tried to do some scheming, but uh, it ultimately got his wings clipped by Zariel. And, uh, and literally, now, literally got his wings clipped. Literally got his wings. They're just like little stumps now. Oh, gross. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then he got his, his power to make deals removed. So now, whenever oh. he speaks, it's just smoke that comes out. His little bitter breath. Oh, okay. That's what I mean. And that's a, a kind of a cool thing about um, that devils aren't always about just killing you off. Like if you do something bad, uh, you know, archdevils won't always just strike you down. An archdevil might just take away your powers and humiliate you um, just to make you an example or to prolong your, your suffering. I mean, it's just the, it's kind of the Sisyphus sort of thing of pushing mm. the boulder up to the top and then it slips out and rolls down and you got to go back and push it up to the top again. So that's part of this sort of devilish misery that's going on down here is that, you know, it, it's always about lessons. It's always about you know, futility. It's always about the striving and the craving to get in the, get into the thing that you want. And it's just never, it's almost in your grasp. And then, oh no, it goes. So these, these warlords seem like almost like a, uh, uh, an embodiment of that where like they're trying to break out from the, the order that is the devilish kind of hierarchy, but they're still thinking that there's some hope somehow. And it's encountering that as adventurers and being like, oh wait, this is still hopeless. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, do you put them out of their misery? Do you try to help them out? But the thing about the devils, I mean, the devils are irredeemable. Like, devils are soulless evil. And they're, although they may appear that they have rationality and they appear that they have control, um, they ultimately don't. They're slaves to, their, to, the, to the evil that's within them. Yeah. Now, other warlords um, that are, you know, different races, like, like Ragadraga, who's a werebore, um, um, even Feonor, she's, um, you know, just sort of a, a, a necromancer that's kind of cruising around. She's um, an elf, isn't she an elf? Um, or maybe I'm just thinking of Feonor from, from Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think she's, I think she's a human. Okay. So, but, um, and then there, there is an Eladra in there. there uh, oh. A, a Smiler. He, um, oh, that's the one I was thinking of, yeah. Yeah, so that, that, um, you know, those are, they may be able to be redeemed. They may be able, they might just be jerks that are down there um, being evil and you might be able to bargain with them and say, hey, you know, let, you know, 
have you seen the error of your ways? And, and you never know. But right, or you just want to be like, here, have some soul coins, yeah, uh, and get help me. us get to where we need to get to, where yeah. we're in hell, yeah, or yeah. fight against them, yeah, yeah. And warlords, yeah, they can definitely uh, help you out because they are not. There's Zariel, and she controls all the legions of hell. Now the legions are, they are, you know, pretty much they're gonna fall in line with Zariel. They're mm-hmm. they're kind of bound. But the warlords are, are free agents. They are not. Um, they're not bound by any of that stuff. They can, they can go either way. They, they haven't signed any deals. They haven't mm-hmm. made any contracts. So they are up for grabs. And if you can kind of do some dealing with them, more is the better. Cool stuff. Yeah. All right. So they're 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 most of them are evil, but they might be a neutral party sure. to you. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. to your party. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They'll they could uh, for the right price they could help you out, or if you've got something that they want, or if you can get something they want. Then yeah, sweet, awesome. All right, well, can't wait to uh, jump into more when uh, Baldur's Gate: Descent into Avernus comes out uh, oh, yeah. this September. Yeah, uh, I, I gotta remember that day. I think it's September seventeenth. Yeah, right? it's like the third week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so look for it then. Uh, if you're interested in finding out more about these individual warlords, some of them were uh, dramatized yeah. by uh, uh, Chris Perkins, Marisha Ray. Kate Welch and yeah. Jeremy Crawford at uh, uh, the D and D Live. So look at those games if you haven't already, and you'll get some some personifications of those warlords. Um, but I can't wait to delve into it more in it's September. It's gonna be fun. Awesome. How can people ask you about uh, what you know what you would do for a soul coin online? Uh, yeah, you can just drop me a note on Twitter. You know, uh, just post it on up there and just tag me in it. And, What's your uh, handle? Uh, Adam of Adventure. And uh, yeah, I, I'm 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 all about uh, seeing the creative ways soul coins can be used. Awesome! <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, thanks a lot, Adam. Oh, we will be back with some more lore next week. Wasn't that a great segment by Adam? I really feel like I know the ins and the outs of hell. Very insightful, yet oddly relaxing. Right. It feels like we're talking about the awfulness of uh, what's occurring, uh, but, you know, we're also cool with it. But we're also super zen. <laughs> we're really zen about it. <laughs> Going to hell, I guess. Yes. He's awesome. We love I, I do indeed. Uh, and friend of the show. Can't, well, uh, of course. And, and friend of our hearts. Friend of our lives. And friend of uh, soul coins. This is his soul. <laughs> Wait, you have his soul? Mm-hmm. And I have Jim Subs? Yeah. That's amazing. I'm I'm not going to eat mine the way you ate Jim's ups. Uh, you don't want the devil's mustard. <laughs> so, okay. without further ado, Interview time. that's like the best intro uh, a guest is ever going to get. It's like both of us throwing up on mine. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time uh, to speak to our guest. Let's do this. Let's, let's get him sat down. All right. Uh, Mr... Ethan Schoonover, how are you? Hello. Yeah, hey, thank you very much. Yeah, it's good welcome, to hear you guys. welcome. Very excited yeah. to have you here. Um, yeah. So, folks on the Twitters might recognize you from many, many tweets about creating a club slash class for yeah. middle school kids yeah. here in the Seattle area. Yeah, please go back in time and tell my ten year old self that I would teach a D and D class. Right? right? Yeah. All right. Well, we'll do it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Ethan. Hey, little Ethan. <laughs> You're going to grow up to be a 
doctor. Stop picking your nose. <laughs> a doctor of D&D. Uh, and you're going to teach a class in D&D. Isn't that crazy? To a whole bunch of girls. Now, now girls. tell my parents and they'll cry a little bit. Yeah, right. right. You're going to be the most be popular guy in middle school. And you're going to be the happiest be you've like ever been. Adult. Seriously. Yep. <laughs> so how did, how did this journey begin? Because we were just talking, you know, before we started here yeah. that, like, that wasn't your path. Yeah, yeah. No, I've had a lot of different weird careers. Um, I worked in kind of the corporate world for a long time. I did marketing and advertising. And uh, at, and then moved back to the States, uh, worked in software for a while, as one does in Seattle. <laughs> and just like the default hey, job, when you yeah. get off the airplane, then they hand you a tech job. It's yeah. either that or at Sub Pop, apparently. <laughs> uh, only one of us got to do that. <laughs> the cool one. <laughs> the cool one. And uh, so then after that, uh, you know, I decided to take a left turn. Uh, I did some volunteer work at one of my daughter's school and decided, like, t- I taught some classes and things like this. And I was like, you know, this is kind of cool. I wonder if I could, like, do this as a job. And Teach. Teach well. Actually, what I applied to do was um, become a tech director, a technology oh. director, and there was no te- supposed to be no teaching involved. Um, supposedly, <laughs> that lasted for about six months, and I taught some programming classes. This is at Lake Washington Girls Middle School here in Seattle, uh-huh. and uh, then that was the first year. And by the second year, I remember. Um, I'm trying to remember how it started specifically, but it was uh, right around the time Stranger Things had aired. And one of the yes. students in the girls' middle school, again, this is 120 girls, yeah. uh, came up to me and was like, hey, have you seen Stranger Things? And I was like, I've seen Stranger Things. <laughs> um, and she's like, did you see the, the D&D in that? I'm like, let's talk about D&D. So she, she had no indication other than like good intuition <laughs> that you were someone who You know, and I, I realized, Shelly, I'd come off as the coolest guy. <laughs> 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 but <laughs> I'm a little nerdy. And I th- evidently I'm just giving off that vibe. You're giving off the vibe. The vibe of she nerdiness. She knew it was a safe place. Yeah, it was a safe place to talk about nerdy stuff. Um, <laughs> I always joke that I run the Stranger Things curriculum at the school because I do like, so I've done ham radio with the girls oh, there. Oh, so the AV club stuff. I, teach, oh, I, yeah. I, I run the AV stuff with the very girls. Lucky. Yeah, so. That's the way school should be. Um, yeah, with Demogorgons being destroyed in the classrooms. Right. Yeah. It's very important that yeah. we train girls now. Yes, yes for right. The to fight. Invasion. You never know where you're going to find one. <laughs> Be prepared. That's you right. will find one. So, Persist. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's what I, I, I sort of cut that off. But uh, she was talking to me, and she was like, you know, uh, I said, well, hey, listen, you know, I play D and D, or you know, this is, and I have a you know background having played D and D. Yeah. Uh, and I just recently kind of gotten back into role playing games, and I said, you know, I, I thought about running a D and D club. And that was it. Like, that was all she needed to hear. And then for the next two weeks of my life, she was like, I would walk in in the morning and she would be there. She's like, are we starting it yet? <gasps> when is it? Be- oh. like, when, when, I'm ready. The, did she know how snowball. to play D&D or she no. was just very interested nope. in nope. learning? No, she'd seen Stranger Things. You know, and there's, there's like ambient knowledge about D&D out yeah. there. But it is in middle school, in, in this middle school at least, and I think in a lot of middle schools, they're not aware of D&D the way that we no, and right. the adult community. No, right. They didn't grow up with it. Yeah, they didn't grow up with it. And they're also not watching streaming D&D. Right. Oh, really? Right. Yeah. They're like, if I say, I love you, Matt Mercer. Um, if I say Matt Mercer, they don't know who I'm talking about. Really? Yeah. yeah. Huh. Because yeah. th- that, it, it, that's interesting to me because you think a lot of, uh, you know, kids are watching Twitch. They're watching YouTube. So They're watching different stuff on yeah. YouTube. I guess so, though. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> those are like the well, 20-somethings, I think, that are... Yeah, yeah. Is it's it, just maybe a, it's a little bit older. Yeah. yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, there, I, you know, for sure, like, I promote a lot of stuff now. Like, I promote, like, uh, D20 Dames a lot mm-hmm. or Fate and the Fablemans, things like this, like these podcasts that are a little bit more friend, family-friendly. Yeah. Because I can safely say to you parents... You mean Dragon Talk? Yeah. 
Dragon Talk. Potty award winning Dragon Potty. Talk. <laughs> I don't know if we are family friendly, actually, now that I think about it. It depends on the family. It does. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, it really does. And I'm, you know, listen, they're middle schoolers, they know how to swear. Okay. Yeah. Right. Right. So like, hearing adults do it, they're like they think it's they're cool. Like, oh, it's so just old. a question of like what can I promote for parents to introduce their kids to? Yes, right? absolutely. Yeah, that makes you sense. Know, kids may not bat an eyelash at it, but like the parents will in the car. So this was so it was when Stranger Things came out. So this was like 2016. Uh, yeah. So this was uh, let's see. I started in 2016 at the school. Um, so 2017. 2017 was when I started the club. Right. Yeah. And this was by the way. So <laughs> just to clarify too, like I was like stressed out about it. Because I was like, okay, yeah. I, I can take, you know, like I, I grew up DMing back in, you know, like 70s and 80s, yeah. right? And I probably never DMed for more than three or four people. Okay, that was like a big group. Four people is a big group. Partially because I grew up in a really small town, it was hard to find four of the nerds to play with. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Um, but I decided I would have like four students. I was like, I'm really going to max out. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm willing We're to gonna, go up to four. We'll see if I'm lucky enough to find four girls interested in doing this. And uh, then, like, a fifth asked to join, and I was like, oh. Well, was it easy to find the four? Oh, yeah. It was, first of all, it was, easy, it was easy to find the four. Okay. That was no problem. And, uh, and then a fifth showed up, and then I had, like, a, a dad call me. He was like, can you get my daughter in? Oh, wow. no way. I'm like, you know, like, they, it really started to turn into, like, this thing. where, And it was just kind of, like, word of mouth. Interesting, yeah. you know, because it wasn't like you were putting flyers up or no, uh, doing no, school I'd announcements. Not, or like we like did that. do, like a, I, at one point, I did a school announcement where, like, you know, you walk up in front of the class, the whole school. Oh the, we have a class meeting on Mondays, and I'm like, you know, we're gonna do this thing. It's called role playing games. It's D and D, uh, and you know, there's like a little bit of interest for sure. Mm-hmm. But now, when we talk about D and D class meeting, and there's like a cheer that grows, Yay! grows up. So it's like oh. when Dragon Talk starts, and we're exactly. much ba- we're much bigger now than we were back then. So you, and it's only been a couple of years. It's only been two years. So yeah. two when years. does this club take place? Is it like an after-school club or lunchtime? Yeah. Time? Uh, so if you're going to run a club at a school, you uh, I recommend that you carefully pick an after-school time. Uh, don't not don't do Fridays. Mm-hmm. Fridays are bad. Kids are tired. They want to go home. Uh, so I do it on Fridays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. It was you chose and, the right moment. Right. Yep. Yeah. Get them when they're weak. Yeah. Right. Their brains are soft and pliable. Yep. Yes. Uh, yeah, what I did was uh, I looked for what days were available, and like that was part of it. I was like, okay, I'll take anything. Sure, like I want to do uh, I want to do D and D club. I'll I'll take any slot that you guys have. Right. Um, they they didn't have anything on Friday because of that reason because people want to go home, and I was like, all right, I'll take that. Um, and it was at first it was I, I wouldn't say it was challenging to keep their attention. It was it, it's easy. Like, but when we're as big as we are now. You know, Friday nights, it's a thing, right? You gotta, yeah. like, you have techniques for keeping people focused and yeah. making sure they're doing what they need to be doing. But, um, yeah, so I did that on Fridays, and I did that for, I don't know, weeks. And I was doing that in the room that is the classroom of our dean of teaching. And she would, like, she'd be sitting there doing her paperwork, mm. and I'd be like, and then the orc walks into the cave. And she would, like, look up and then go back to her paperwork. Just make sure there's not really and I'm like, walking into the Yeah, and she either thinks, I'm like, she either thinks I'm crazy, <laughs> you know, or she's curious. Right. And I was like, you should join, you should come play. And she didn't come and play with, us, uh, with, the, with the group, but what she did do was she came to me later on. She's like, you know, hmm. we have a class slot opening up. Would you like to run a D&D class as well? Oh. And I was like, D&D class? Yeah, I'll do that. Like, what do I, you know, what do we need to teach? Like, Sign what is, and up. so, and it was more, uh, we did more academics in the class, but uh, for two years I ran a D&D class as well. So what is D&D class? Yeah. 
D&D class is, well, it's D&D. It's, uh, it was usually, so the first class I did, oh yeah, so this is, this is where things start to get a little hairy. So the D&D club was five students. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, sorry, six students eventually. And then the D&D class, the first class, I was like, normally it's like 15 students. I'm like, there's no way. Mm. I cannot do 15 students. Like one session, right, yeah. Yeah, and I said, I, if you give me another teacher to work with, I will run eight students in that class. And they were like, oh, yeah, we can do that. Wow. And then the other teacher fell through and I had eight students. Oh. And I was like, okay, we're going to do this thing. And so it was me and these eight girls and I was like, we're going to play D&D. And so I taught them how to play D&D. We did some academics in it. And you can throw a lot of math into D&D. Oh, yeah. you're like, the classic example I give is like, we're doing volume calculations. Like you're in this chamber. It's filled with fog and mist. Like how, how much, what's the volume of mist in this chamber? Oh my God. Um, yeah, yeah, it's fun. I don't know how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get initiative if you can figure it out. So Oh, yeah. all right. So you yeah. get like little in-game rewards yeah. for, for solving the mathematical solution. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you want to like give them something for doing that. Right? That's fantastic. So, yeah. And then we would do writing and we would do, yeah, um, I'm going to dramatically take off my jacket. Do it. Yes. Well, no, I've done that before. It really so works can... well if you look longingly in the yeah. camera as you do it. Longingly. Longingly. Toss it off to the Yeah, side. just be like, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> Yeah, so uh, what else do we do in it? We do we did writing. We had uh, guest uh, teachers come in. We had, like, Jen Vaughn come in. I don't know if you know oh, Jen nice. Vaughn, she's right? Great. But she's I love Jen. an amazing artist. And she came in and did, like, this whole art session with the students. Um, and that turned into – so we did that. We did club. We did class. And then we ended up doing uh, summer camp. D&D summer, D&D summer camp. Oh. Yes. How did that, that work? At the school. At the school. Um, well, you know, that was me saying, like, so, again, somebody coming up to me and saying, hey, we have a slot in the summer. Would you like to run summer camp? <laughs> it seems like you got a reputation here. Yeah. Right? The well, person who will take then. the slot. The, the reputation is anything. he'll say yes. Yes, exactly. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, very few interesting things happen when you say no, right? I right. agree with that. So, right? Status quo. Yes and. Yeah, yes, right? and. Gotta, yes and. We've yeah, learned yeah. that. Yeah. It's basically like they were trying to dungeon master your, your, your school uh-huh, curriculum. Uh-huh. Um, so I said yes to that. And what happened was uh, I had a week and we had, boy, 21 students sign up. For camp? For camp. We ran it at the school. Um, Every day, like, I had a full curriculum I planned out. We would do a morning session. We would do, like, some improv work. We did, like, how to learn. We learned, you know, we taught them the rules. We would do, like, uh, two sessions of play every day. We would have guest teachers come in. Um, well, who else was with you? Uh, so that was me. That was um, Hadil and Kat Kruger. I don't know if you're oh, familiar with yes. both of them. Um, and they helped with the summer camp? They helped with the oh, summer camp. Uh, I, re- I convinced both of them somehow to like come <laughs> and do this crazy thing with me. And uh, Jen Vaughn came. I'm trying to think if I'm leaving anybody out that came to visit us. And I apologize if I am. But that was the, the core group. Um, and we've had other guest folks come in as well uh, since then. But yeah, so then we finished up that summer camp with um, like we went to an archery range. Oh, no way. archery. So yeah, it was fun. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Ranger training. Ranger training. That um, is awesome. Real arrows going into real targets. Yeah. Make, makes you a little nervous. With real orcs. With, with <laughs> real orcs screaming. Yeah. So that was fun. <laughs> you could have Ben Looms do the orc screaming. Oh, yeah. He, he could just press the button effect. and be like, yeah. Yeah. That would sound like a cat for some reason. That's what that's I think That's what orcs sound like. Yeah, that's what they do. Yeah, especially when they get hit cats. with a real arrow. Um, that is, I, I love this progression of it being just like, hey, I got one student who's interested in it, and then it ballooning up yes. to, and then at some point there were, you had, I mean, there were so many I, girls who wanted to play. Yeah, I've had forty students go through the program this year. Wow. 
So, like, they're either in D&D Club right now or they were in my D&D class And the whole year. school's got 120. 120. So we're actually 41 students if all in. So you got more than a third 42. of the school. More than a third. Playing D&D. So yeah. are they, do they, like, graduate out of it or can you only be in the club for a little I've bit? Had, and so last leave? year I had my first girl graduate out of the Is club. it like Menudo? Like you age out of it? <laughs> you do. It's and just then we like Menudo. You. <laughs> 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 members come in. <laughs> faces. <laughs> oh, man. I don't uh, think that's how it works. Um, but they were Dungeon Masters, too. They, they were, yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Spawning a Dungeon whole Masters. new generation. Dungeon Masters was a whole new thing this year. Yeah. And that was like a whole, like, learning experience. Something I'm still, I have a lot of thoughts about still, and I'm still trying to process. Um, what are those thoughts? <laughs> we'll help you process. <laughs> I'll give you process it here, live on air. All three <laughs> thoughts, yeah. yeah. Now, um, so, I guess the first thought about Dungeon, so this year, uh, at the beginning of the year, uh, I tried to convince people to come in. To be like adult like DMs because I was like, oh my god, we had thirty people sign up. Yeah, right. what am I going to do? do this like, all I by cannot yourself. do like the biggest group I've ever run. I ran uh, my class this year was uh, fourteen or fifteen girls. Oh, that's a lot. And you know, I DM'd for them for like half the class, and then finally taught two other girls how to DM. And I was like, you girls are going to take over half the class for me, nice. right? Right. And that was great, and that worked out really well. And I was like, you know, this is so for the club. Uh, I decided to do basically the same thing. I tried to get some adults in. I had a lot of people volunteer, but scheduling is really hard yeah. with grown-ups. It turns out people have jobs. Yeah, they have lots of responsibilities. You know, uh, yeah. As we said, it's either sub-hop or in right. the tech sector. Or tech. Yeah. And uh, then you know, I just decided to give up on that for the time being and just teach girls how to DM. And it worked out great. They're amazing. They're, I like massive praise for them. They jumped in with both feet. Um, they get up in front of their peers. They run the table. That's it's hard because, you know, you, you, it seems like an easy win. Like, yeah, let's empower girls and have them dungeon master. But that's a big thing. That's a lot on their shoulders. I won't do yeah. it. I'm too scared. Yeah, there's a lot of adults that are anxious about it. Um, it is something where you have to manage your peers at a table. Yes. It's a little bit like running a class. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah. It's, it's, it's public speaking combined with uh, improvisational anxiety. Yeah. Right? So yeah. it's, it, it can be very difficult. But yeah, at the exactly. same time, it's the most rewarding yeah. because of that. Yeah. And and confidence building, and it was great. Yeah. So, so were you selecting these girls? Like, were you like, hmm, I see a future dungeon master there? Yeah, this is an interesting question. So I selected, so I had my, we call them, they call themselves actually the OG D&D players, the original gamers. The oh six? Oh my God, yes. I love Yeah, it's it. the original six, yeah. Nice. And one of them has graduated, um, so it's now down to five. And they, um, oh I picked out two of them. Actually, and I, you know, I asked them. I asked all of them. I was like, "Who amongst you? <laughs> who amongst you?" <laughs> <laughs> we'll accept this. I got up on this soapbox I just happened to yeah. have right here yeah. in the corner. And oh no, but we did like. So I'll tell you what happened next. So they, first of all, I had two of them. I was like, "But I need three. Who else would you pick out of say like the people that were in my class? Mm-hmm. Oh, and from the previous year, and they picked somebody. They said, "Well, like, these couple people, but I, we think this person's really ready." And I was like, "Really, really ready? Wow, yeah." And I, I but it. you know what? It surprised me because it wasn't somebody. It, I didn't think she wasn't ready, but she's a little quieter. Yeah, an amazing DM, mm. and just stunning. What did yeah. they see in her that made them? They they're her peers. That. You know, you see you see something different in people when they are. Um, when they're your friends, then when, like, as a, as a teacher, right, I see a lot of them, and I see them in the halls, and I see their, their personality to yeah. an extent, but there's a lot that you miss. Right. Right? Yeah. And I see, I, I like to think I see their potential, but for sure, like, they are really, they had their finger on that pulse, and they were so right. They knew. That's is, they it, knew. is it an honor for them to be oh, totally, nominated yeah. as a dungeon master? Absolutely. Or is it like, oh, No, 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 no. It's, it's like much. a big thing. Okay. So that first group of three, 
uh, I got these like big D20s, you know, that you can order online, like these big chess D20s, right? Yeah. And I did like this full like ceremony where they each got a D20. Oh, did you post about I this? I did post about oh, this. And I remember. we had, I had a little I, thing. I think I, I cried. I, oh, yeah. No, it was like. There was always like, crying. There was tears. <laughs> I tear up all the time with these girls. They're like so moving. Oh, yeah. You know, they're like really inspirational and uh, not ashamed of it. And they're always like, it's okay to cry a little bit, Mr. E. Uh, very, You're not a toxic male. Yeah, they're very supportive. That's yeah. great. I love them. That's, um, I, that's, I love all this about the stories. Like, yeah. It feels like everyone is lifting each other up. Yeah. It's like, all right, this yeah. person well, brings it's That's fully what supportive. really strikes me because yeah. I did go to middle school and I was a girl. And it yeah. was awful. Mm-hmm. This is not my middle school. Like when you were saying, oh, like, it's not oh, my middle school either. Like, but they they saw this in their friend and they chose yeah. her. And like I don't even feel like my friends and I like would willingly like compliment each other in middle school. Like I just don't. I yeah, don't, it's a, I, it's it was a just like a real. It's sure. a weird time. Yeah. it's a terrible time. But it's such a formative time. Yep. So the fact that like these girls are having this experience, yeah. I fully believe that there are things from this. It's not just a game. Yep. That they are going to walk away from the table feeling more confident and feeling Absolutely. Like more like in charge. Yeah. And like, I know how to handle whatever situation is going to come down because I've, I've handled it. And in the friendships, though, that's also. Yeah. They are, they're actually, we talked about this with Dr. Connell too. Mm-hmm. They're actually learning how to be friend, good friends, yeah. which is a really important thing and sometimes a hard thing for a girl to, yeah. to do. Yeah, that kind of support. And we've had like, cross-grade friendships that really have developed out of this, which is unusual. Oh, cool. um, like yeah. from eighth to sixth. Yeah, and, like, yeah. Oh, and that, yeah. I mean, that happens in our school already, but it's something which I think is, um, that's always a bigger challenge. Yeah. Right? Because there's an age difference. Yeah. Um, Especially at that age, too. Like, it yeah. seems like they're only two years apart, but it's a 12-year-old and a 14 or 15-year-old can, right. can yeah. seem wildly different. Yeah. That's fantastic. It's so, amazing. Uh, the the dungeon masters now. There's only three, as you said. But how? how oh no! How so that's that's ballooned since then as well. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cool. So uh, we started off with three, and I'm trying to remember exactly how I broke out the groups initially. But they were they were fairly large groups um, because we had to just some you know um, distribute them. And I took a really big group. I took like eight or nine players, and then gave them slightly smaller groups, mm-hmm. yeah. but still sizable. And we've now switched to having, I think we're at all in, we've had about 10 girls go through the Dungeon Master kind of program. So oh is there God. a program? Yeah, yeah. That, what, what is that program? I need to go through yes. this program. Uh, so, I feel like I should, I should do it. You should be like a guest uh, student. Can I be a guest can you student? Aud- can she Honestly, audit? Yes, please come. No, I'm no, not kidding. Seriously. Yes, I want to go like, through so, the Dungeon Master program. Okay, so at least so you can learn with them. I've already posted about this. We talked a little bit about this. But I'm, next year I'm not going to do my tech director job at the school anymore. Right. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave that. That's my full-time position there. Computers um, run themselves it is, nowadays. Honestly, yeah. You know, I fixed everything. Tech I've been there for dead, three years. Right. It's all, it's all working now. It's ever going to change, <laughs> right? Yeah. I plugged everything back in. It's fine. And you can just call Microsoft. Yeah, right? There's a post-it note with a password on the monitor. <laughs> um, Here, I'm going to post it online. Yeah, and but I am going to go back and, and help with the D&D club. For I sure. hope so. Like, yeah, the school's really well, what, But what about the class? I've had, I've had about one person every day come in and be like, you're coming back for the D&D stuff, right? Right. Um, but what about the class? I probably will not teach the class. Okay. Um, Is someone else? Uh, we've it? talked about it, but you know, I also don't know what I'm going to be doing next year. Right. Right. Uh, I have some thoughts, but for sure, what I'm going to be doing is working. I, one of the things I really would like to focus on, at least this summer and maybe even into the, the fall, is really getting. I have all this material that I've developed over two years. I have like curriculum notes, and I have, and some of which really needs to be cleaned up. I have like posters, I have um, sheets, reference sheets that I've made for the students, and I really want to post that stuff online. I'd like to clean it up and get yeah. it out there and say, like, here, please, world, make use of this. So yeah. 
along those lines, you said also that you're going to the American Library Association yeah. convention. <laughs> I am, yeah. Where is it this year? Uh, it's out in D.C., in DC? I guess, yeah. Um, otherwise known as ALA. It's on the other side of the Mississippi, it's all I know. It's a, well, yeah. on the other coast. One of those states. So you're going to go there yeah. with wizards. I am, yeah. I'm going to go out there with about, wizards. You're going to talk to teachers and librarians about I'm going to talk to librarians about D&D. why you should be running D&D in your, your community center, your library. So Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah. really great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. So, I'm super excited about that. Yeah. yeah. That's um Have you have you done that before? I have not done it before. I'm going to I you know I, I looked at you know the sort of the the rough outline of what the schedule is and the, I'm going to run some games I think. Um You're going to cry. Yeah. Cuz you're going <laughs> to you are. I am a crier well, though. I mean I'm a crier. I cuz I told you I yeah. used to go. Yeah. Cuz Wizards used to have a, a yeah. children's book imprint. Oh nice. And we we would go there to you know talk about our books which yeah. were all like based on D&D. Yeah. And the teachers and librarians love it but they're like I always got emotional since before I even had a kid because yeah. I was like, these people are so oh, earnest and sincere. Like they they want yeah. so badly to reach these kids and to help these kids, and they realize the potential of of D anD D. And then you hear the stories about like there was this kid and he's super shy and he's awkward and he's quiet, and then he discovered D anD D. And like like similar to your stories, like he's a dungeon master and he's like ruling the class. He yeah. like found himself in that or. He's become inspired. actually he's a tyrant now. It's he's a, a tyrant. Yeah, <laughs> we kind of swung the pendulum a yeah, little right. too far, so we're gonna bring it. Well, back. you get to work out your tyrant tendencies. <laughs> yeah, so work it out at the it's table, kids. Yeah. 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 yeah, or like they get really yeah. into like magic, and then they they want to go to the library, yeah. and all of a sudden they're checking out all these books about magic. And so w- when I announced that I was going to leave the tech director position, I had a lot of people reach out to me and students and, and parents. And one of the notes I got from a, I got this beautiful handwritten card from a student. I posted this on Twitter, but I, it, she said something really neat, which I I was surprised a little bit by. And she said, you know, my parents always say that I have a I have a home self and a school self, mm-hmm. and in D and D I get to be both Aww. at the same time. And I thought that Goose was bumps. so neat. That was really Goosebumps. Yeah. Goosebumps. Yeah. R.L. Stein. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I, I really relate to that. And that's very D&D at its heart and its yeah. core, too. Like, yeah. the, you, you, you have your uh, – uh, you, I mean, I, I've said before I grew up as a pretty Catholic household, so I was always very, I don't know, a good kid at home. Yeah. But I was not as good of a kid <laughs> – and school because I could make people laugh and it was like I could be entertaining. Blah, blah, blah. So there, I did I did have that school self and home self kind of thing happening. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's what was so attractive about D and D to me was yeah. because you know you could um, have all the, your experiences and thing as as a, as a person, but then you had these other other life and this other world of of uh, being yeah. a hero and being fantastical and doing all these things. And then, but yeah. also putting on you different shoes, you could be one that's more boisterous or one that's sadder and it's amazing in a and safe space it is a, it's a safe space to you know in middle school um it is a safe space to explore different identities yes yeah. which is like man when that that is happening in middle school right you're like yeah. you're right? like who am i i was a right. metalhead for a while i was yeah. really I into uh uh sports for a while like i tr- you do you try yeah. different you try things different and you'll be like where's my where's my niche yeah yeah um who are my people necromancer Turns necromancer out. yeah i'm not just raising people from the dead <laughs> who knew we all had that face. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you just cuddle totally with your, you know, your, <laughs> from the Skull. pet cemetery. Oh, pet, I was going to say pet cemetery. <laughs> Changed my life. I was like, oh, oh. I can get pets. Forever. <laughs> I'll just have is this, why you, is this why you like older pets? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bring them back. Because that's really old. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Super yeah. old. Yeah. Oh, from the 1800s. <laughs> <laughs> my Litz dog. <laughs> Woof. She's, Ooh. Oh, <laughs> hang on! I gotta go raise her again. Yeah. I'm out of spell slots. That's I gotta go. I'm gonna take a nap. That's the sound that it makes when a dog is being risen. 
<laughs> Oddliness, it sounds like a flatulence as well. <laughs> or like a, never mind. Um, what were we talking about? <laughs> Finding yourself, finding your identity with D&D in a safe place. It is very important. And I I, I love that you uh, were able to kind of just be that guiding force and just allow other people to explore their own identities. Yeah, it's been great. And, you know, I started to do, like, some public games in game stores locally recently. And it's so interesting to me because, you know, I've gotten really used to just being like, okay, here there are these, you know, amazing group of 120 girls, a third of which are playing D&D with us. And uh, so I was at a game store the other day, and we had a bunch of people sign up. It was like 12 people signed up to play this game. Uh, and they all showed up, and all the guys and the, the boys sat down at a table right mm-hmm. away. And there were these two girls standing in the back. And I, I walked over to them, I'm like, and the middle school age girls. And I was like, hey, are you guys here to play the game? And they're like, yeah, we signed Aww. up. I think we're just going to watch. Oh, and I was no. like, you, why do you, I want you guys to sit down next to me. Yeah, it's up to you if you want to watch or play. You know, freedom of choice, but like sit down at least. And, you know, I handed them a character sheet and can't give them some dice to roll. And then, of course, within five minutes, they were playing. Oh, you know, but I think it's really important. You have to be really proactive about that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, and that's it's hard to take. It's not a solved problem. No, it's a hard it's hard to take that first leap. I think that's what's uh, also great about what you're doing is that it, it lets not only just play, but Dungeon Master as well. I mean, you know. Shelley has been reluctant to do it, and I think if you if you had had a teacher like Ethan, you would have been fine. I would have done it. So come play, come you play with the girls. You would have maybe seen something in me. Like, well, you know, I'll tell you. Weird well, your and peers an attention would have. You know, <laughs> <laughs> she really likes the bachelor. <laughs> what one of the things that we've done with the girls? They actually propose this too. They're very smart. It turns out is they proposed co DMing. Oh, I, like, yeah. I, you know, I could do that. I've seen this. Like, I, I know uh, people have co-DM'd. Usually I kind of think about it as like a con thing. Like, we're going to do this crazy thing where two of us are going to DM simultaneously. And they're, they're not doing that. They're no. like, we're going to be here to support each other. <gasps> and oh, my like, God. You know, I will, what you need. I will pick it up when you can't do it. And, you know, and they do. They, like, seamlessly, like, I will do, like, like oh, yeah. I need that. So it's kind of co-teaching, too, in a way. It's like co-teaching. Um Sometimes one will be really good at combat, and the other will be really good at, like, NPC voices, and they will trade off. It's awesome. I dig that. Yeah, That's cool. Love it. They're a smart bunch of... They are. Yeah. So have you noticed things like, like, have you seen a change in some of them? Like, Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, you know, it's, listen, um, the correlation causation um, proviso you know, is an effect, but I have seen, like, you know, they're going through a lot of changes in their lives, and so it's hard to say, like, what is a result of D&D, but for sure I have seen girls... Who become like much more outgoing and uh, and and that let's doesn't just, usually happen in middle school. And let's just talk. A, yeah, let's just yeah, exactly. Let's talk about you know just at the D and D table. I have seen girls that have really come out. Yeah, and been you know I'm thinking of a couple of the DMs in particular who are just like a little like nervous or a little shy or a little quiet, mm-hmm. and just even at the table in general. And I see them now as dungeon masters. And you know it's interesting. Some of them are still quiet players mm. because. For them, they're kind of like the lean, you know, kind of chill, yeah. lean back right. type. They bring the microphone with them. And yeah. Then. Yes. Illustrate that. It's a subtle hint. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and they do that. And, but as a DM, they're like just there. They're like leaning forward and present and, you know, it's awesome. What that is, is awesome. that? Why, why, I wonder why they feel. Contextual? I don't know. Yeah, they just feel like they're able, you know, it's, it's 
a different part of themselves that they're able to exercise. And you need to be able to exercise it. You need yeah. that safe space where you're supported, you know it's going to be an okay place to do it, and they've, they've had that. Yeah, so. and it is like a team thing, too. Like yeah. I feel like it is interesting to have, you know, I, mean, I mentioned sports and theater and things like that, and there is that element yeah. of it because you have peers, you have people who are supporting you and being like, oh, that was yeah. great, or, you know, not necessarily all the time like that, but, you know, it happens, and I think that's that's occurring, too, with this D&D group is that yeah. it's like, oh, that person was a good DM or this person, and, and, and they can lift each other up. It's like yeah. this wonderful thing. Yeah. Yeah, they celebrate each other all the time. I so. wonder what will They're happen. They're writing, too. They're writing adventures. They're writing their own Oh, yeah. Adventures. No, no. Oh, no. I had a girl who shared a Google Doc with me the other day, and it was like 20-odd pages of adventure that she had nice. written. Just like poured Creativity. out of her. Yeah. Oh, a girl yeah. who you might not have expected to write 20-odd pages of adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she was like, no. That's the yeah, kind of thing yeah. that you share with other teachers, and they're going to be like, bring me the D&D. Yeah. Give it in here. Yeah. yeah. Right, and that's what's, I mean, we've had that when we talked to, like, Cade Wells yeah. and, and other uh, uh, um, educators like Sarah Roman and things like that. Yeah. It's like these ancillary benefits to yeah. this creativity that sparked with Dungeons & Dragons is, uh, is They huge. don't realize that they're learning. learning, which is the best kind of learning. Like, they don't realize, like, yeah. just going home and reading Harry Potter because you've now become really interested in magic or fantasy. Mm-hmm. It's not, there's huge benefits to that, but you don't. You're yeah. not tying that in because it's, it's fun. It's entertainment too. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, you know, I'll tell you, like, it's not an unalloyed good, though. There's like, I've seen, like, I had one DM who became like super stressed out, mm. and she was like super, like, just anxious. I feel her. Um, yeah. She was like, she's a real perfectionist, and I actually like, if I had to pick somebody uh, early on who I would have said like, oh, yeah, she's going to be just a killer DM, it would have been that girl, and she was, but she was also super stressed out about it, mm. and I realized like part way through, and you know, I. I kind of like pressed pause for a moment and I was like, we had a little talk. And I realized like you can't, this is not like fire and forget. You can't just like set these girls on a course and then say like, good luck. Fire come yeah. Yeah. Goodbye. Yeah. Um, fun storming the castle. Yes, I was just thinking. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you have to like be there to support them. You have to like keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on and figure out like how are they doing and check in with them. So like for a while, I would be teaching two D&D classes a week because it was split into like an hour and an hour, Tuesdays, Thursdays. I had D&D club on Friday night, and then I had like at least two Dungeon Master meetings at lunchtime during the week. Oh, okay. So I had like five D&D Jeez. things going on a week. And, but it was really important to do those D&D, those D- Dungeon Master meetups, because it was like, here's a chance. They would ask, you know, it's a chance for them to ask the safe questions. Like, how do, what, can you explain hit points again? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. right. don't, you don't Give ask me the that. basics again. That's, yeah. that's totally me. I'm like, yeah. we're, like, What's dice? In, I think I did it wrong last time. <laughs> can, you, can, you, can you clarify? Yeah. How, do you, how do you cast spells again? Yeah. yeah. You know? But then also, like, what do I do when a player does yes. X? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ask for a pet. That's our big one. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I bet there's a lot of pets. God, pets. I really would fit in with this group. <laughs> oh, my Sounds God. like it's your group. Yeah. Yeah. Some Especially play. the old pets. <laughs> <laughs> can I please have a really old cat? <laughs> really familiar? old cat. I'd like a cat. Yeah. <laughs> it might yeah. be a little dead. <laughs> it's all right, a little dead. Yeah, it's just part, yeah, yeah. partly dead, mostly, mostly dead. dead. Um, so you said you started playing uh, or dungeon mastering when you were in the seventies and eighties. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, What was that like? When? When did? What was your first experience? And did you wish you had a D and D class to coach you? Uh, I, I don't think I could imagine yeah. what that would have been like. Like this was so. This was I grew up in central Wisconsin, rural Wisconsin, town of four thousand oh, so people. You were like right in the oh yeah, this like all ground zero. Yeah, and you know, there's not. It's not unrelated. I think like there's a lot. We have a lot of winter. In Wisconsin. And, you know, before we had the internet, there was not a lot to do. We just said, like, that was it. You know, like, you sat at home and you read and, right. and whatever. And 
So I, I just play. I would sit around and I would read those D and D books. And it's. I heard somebody Who describe got this. You the D&D oh, just my folks, my okay. my awesome hippie parents. Thanks, mom and dad. Thank you, mom and dad. Um, your, your dad who calls into NPR. Now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, he's he's, he's watching right now. Yeah, he's ready to call in. He's yeah. like, he's looking for the phone number. <laughs> There's got to be a phone number on here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I call on this radio show. Oh, Carl, are you there? Calling me right now. <laughs> <laughs> on your Apple Watch, right? <laughs> he's tracked you down. <laughs> He's a good guy, though. Did I mention he was a spy? Who do I yeah. know in Wisconsin? <laughs> he's a stalker. He's like Greg. He knows where everybody lives. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, so I just, you know, I remember I got the Moldvay, um, you know, uh, box set yeah. with the Errol Otis art on the cover. Oh, Otis. And man, I, you know, like that Your buddy. Art, My buddy, Errol Otis. Cow. That so stuff, good. Yeah. Like that's at, that's at the course for me. Like still today I look at that art and I'm like, it is just like so weird. Mm-hmm. And it has that, that quality that I really crave in D&D, which is like, Wow, this is like a weird magical realm. Yeah, it doesn't. It does not feel like. Yeah, like even just ancient times, it feels like okay. No. Oh yeah, it's not. It. It's not Tolkien. It's like yeah. it's something yeah. different. It's like slightly odder, right? Yeah. You might encounter a spaceship in the Barrier Peaks. Yeah. So. Did uh, you ask for D and D, or did your parents you know, find I, it and say, oh, "I don't remember"? This is for me. It's kid. very possible because it was like it was getting popular at that mm-hmm. time, and yeah. they might have just picked it up for me Aww, and been like, "Here's this that. thing." You're nerdy, and you will like this. And I, <laughs> I did. So that was it. And then I got, of course, like the Monster Manual, and then the dun- when everything else came out, the Dungeon Master's Guide. So you were always a Dungeon Master? Well, you know, you did not have a lot of options in my town. If you like, wanted to play. I literally did not know anybody else that played at first. Um, like my mom played. She had a thief called Taptoes. I still remember that name. Oh, Taptoes. Yeah, she's so, so cool, Mom. But that's... <clears throat> that's a, a, a good name. name. And B, like my mom played D&D with me. Oh, like, thank you, Mom. That's super cute. Um, and then after a while, I got a crew of guys together, and we would play. And then poor mom was left out in the cold. Yeah, she's like, fine. Literally. See you later, tap toes. <laughs> yeah. And a rock falls on you, tap toes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you died. Sorry. It was good night, mom. You Just shut the door on your way out. Far enough yeah. forward. <laughs> you fell into a pit. It's the curse of all parents. Right. right. Yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty amazing, though. And then so were, and then for that core group of, of guys, were you the dungeon master and, and keeping yeah, we would trade. Yeah, we would trade off. You know, like, we had two modules between, like, the four of us, I think. We had, like, Keep on the Borderlands and Castle Amber, which, you know, it came with uh, the basic set and the expert set. You're like, that's right? all we got. Oh, yeah, we played those so many times. Like, really? I could probably, I could Repeatable, watch... like, with different characters and stuff? Oh, or? those are not repeatable. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I remember my friend Sammy, like, turning to me one day in his bedroom, and he's like, you know, I'm kind of bored of Keep on the Borderlands. I was like, well, we should make our own adventure up there. Oh. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I could probably walk you through those modules right now. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. So, All right. I'm okay, so you're walking up the road to the, bo- the key. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's Taptos interesting. Taptos died, dude. Sorry. Oh, Taptos is, yeah. It was a well, horrible we res- we'll, res- we'll put her in the pit There was a horrible cemetery. accident with a pit. There was a pit. There was a tentacle. Oh, Taptos. Spikes. The, uh, uh, but that is fascinating because there is, uh, you know, so many adventures and so many modules that were coming out of the TSR office, you know, probably 60 miles away yeah. from where you were, right? That were, yeah, just they were, south of us. Yeah, which yeah. is funny. But, yeah. um you know, I think there was there was that idea back then that uh, you either made it all up or you just had what it, I don't think people really understood that there was a different way to play. Yeah, and we did not know the way to play. Like, this is the crazy yes, thing. I hear like, that a lot. Man, the internet is great. I love that people can watch other people play now. Yes. Yeah. It makes it, that makes it so accessible. And, you know, another thing I really want to do, um, sign up with me online to do this somehow. Sign up. Everybody sign up. I really want to do, this is a tricky one, though. I want to do some example games with kids. 
Mm-hmm. And it's a hard one to do because there's like privacy issues. And I I'll really, put my kid forward. I am really put your kid forward. I'll put yeah. my kid forward. Quinn, yeah, Quinn's in. Yeah, my my wife's <laughs> watching this right now, being like, "What you're going to do with our oh, kid? What?" Um, my daughter's down for this though. Yeah, so, yeah. Awesome. Right. I got Shelly's permission, so we're good. Yeah, fine. Awesome. Um, but I really want to do like an example, a couple, more than one example game. Like this is how you play D and D. Yeah, you can see other kids doing it. Yes, and you we can talk about like what how to do stuff. Yeah. You know, press pause for a moment, turn to the camera and say, okay, they want a pet. How do we handle pets? Right. So, yes, yeah. and. yes, and. Yes, and. Yes, and. And your pet is dead. Okay, moving on. Uh, <laughs> that's an example of what not fish. to do. <laughs> you get a goldfish. The, no, the reason I keep bringing that up is my daughter's writing a Dungeon Master's Guide right now uh-huh. for her friends. Oh. It turns out because she volunteered to teach them how to Dungeon Master on Sunday. So you're like, here's the guide. Yeah, no, no, she's writing it. She's, what? I was like. Wait, how you old want? is your daughter? She's uh, 12. I got to think about this because, you know, in your head, they're always like nine. Yeah. Little tiny. She's so cute. She's a tiny baby. Uh, she's I 12. still yeah. say that to my eight-year-old. I'm like, you're so tiny. I'm yeah. like, and I still carry her. And yep. I'm like, oh, gosh. Getting, <laughs> it's hard to carry her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she's writing that down. And she, one of the examples that she used was like, what do you do when somebody asks for a pet? And the four, the four responses that we kind of came up with were like, you could say like, sure, here's your pet. Which is bad because then you're just giving something without a sense of achievement. Right. Oh. You could say, um, no, no pets, which is also bad because you're just like shutting your player down. Yeah. This is like a good parenting book, right? too. Right. Yeah. Um, it's a good parenting book. <laughs> it really is. Wait, like, so tiny you know, the lessons that we learned along the way <laughs> <laughs> was friendship. Yeah. Yes. The third, uh, third option that we came up with was you can have a pet, but it's tiny. I've used this before with my girls, actually, in the, in the D&D clubs. Um, like a mouse or something, because it doesn't break the game, but it adds flavor. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, you know, doesn't really screw things up too much. And then the fourth option was, um, yes, you can have a pet, you must quest for it. Which well, is great, good. because you're taking player desire, and you're turning it into adventure, which yep. is, you know, your players are right in the adventure with you. That's great. So I like I that, like, too. I like I li- option yeah. four. Yeah, option four all the way. Yeah, make it be quest a plot. For, quest for your Next cat. time Quinn says, Mom, I'm <clears> hungry, <throat> I want a snack. I'm going to be like, you, you must, must quest, quest for it. For it. <laughs> this is a genius, a genius idea. And like now, I've got all these these, these clues that you could find. You we're we're going to do parenting talk shoes. again next week. Parenting talk. Parenting talk. Oh parenting yeah. Talk. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I, I, how to how to use dun- what. It's it's basically like the uh, everything I learned about D and D. I learned uh, uh, in, yeah. What was that? In, in, someone wrote that everything book. Everything I learned Who about wrote life. That book? <laughs> Yeah, there's Some everything girl. I learned about life. Yeah. Some girl. Some girl. What's the title again? Everything, everything I, I need to know I learned from Dungeons and Dragons. That's, it, That's it. By Shelly Moe. <laughs> <laughs> you are the best salesperson for your work. You really are. I'm super good at self-promotion. You know, if you start doing dungeon mastering classes uh, with Ethan, I, I could write another book. You'd get yeah. better. Well, that and you'd get better at selling that book. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe I need it for more than one reason. Yeah. Can adults go through your dungeon master program? Asking for a friend. I, okay. I, <laughs> <laughs> I know somebody. So I know this they girl. Her name is Belly. Belly Boo. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I would love to find a way to do – I've had – actually, I was telling some parents about, like, the robotics class I, I give for my students, and they were like, oh, I want to take that. Yeah. I need yeah. to run, like, a nerd camp is what I yes. need to do. I figure that's my – I, I need to run Stranger Things camp. I like it. So, so but yes, the answer is yes. I would like to seriously, in all seriousness, find a way to like have. Maybe you can bring it here. It could be like parents. Sure. There's other people in the building. <coughs> You're I'm hired. Sure that yeah. would love to know. It's how a to safe do. space. You can admit if you need to. It's learn probably how to do. good for parents. Yeah. To yeah. you know know what 
their kids are doing. Oh, like, no, it's like, you know. I mean, what a cool family activity. <laughs> this public game I ran the other day, like, I had a, you know, we had a bunch of parents come as well, and they were all kind of hovering in the back. We're like, no, you're not going to hover in the back. No. You're, yeah. you're NPCs now. Roll some dice. Yeah. yeah. But I'm, they loved it. Yeah, they absolutely loved yeah, it. They were, like, the, leaning forward. The and, feedback from parents. Oh, Other awesome. than, like, no, no. I know uh, you mentioned a few people. But. Across the board, super positive. Like, it's a whole it new has world. been, yep, it, that people are, you know, this is a hobby that a lot of girls didn't know about at all mm-hmm. beforehand, or they had only heard about. Um, and listen, being really frank, there is still a perception that it is not necessarily for them, yeah. right? Whether or not it's like a purely historical thing, or just like they're not in the spaces where it's being talked about. Um, so this is something new for a lot of them, and it's been, I think, something that they're going to take with them their whole life. I agree. Yeah. I'm very curious because it's only been two years, you said? Like two, yeah, years. two years. So we haven't seen, except many of the girls leave the school and I, go. So I'm curious to yeah, see. Yeah, so I had uh, last year, I had one girl who graduated. She's in high school now. She's running a D&D club there. Oh, you are kidding. Yeah, so she came back. She's like, I'm, I'm back. She's doing it. I mean, like, I'm a celebrity now. This and is, growing. and I can guarantee, like, we had a nice sit down the other day with the whole group, and it was all like tears, and like all of our eighth graders are leaving. Hmm. And. You know, we talked about, like, what to do. Like, when you go out into the world, like, yeah. what are you going to do? And we all agreed, like, you have, to t- you have to do this. You have to take it out. And if you love it, then start a club somewhere. So that's what she's out. starting. She has a club at her new high school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. Like, for so. girls or for girls and boys? I, it's mixed for her. I yeah. love it. Yeah. And we talked about that, too. Power. Like, you know, like, I asked the girls, some, I can't remember what, how, they, how we got on the subject, but um, I said, you know, like, listen, you're going to sit down, you're going to find other players, and some of them are going to be boys, and, and how, you know, how, does, how is this going to go, and what is it going to be like? And the first thing one of the girls shouted out was like, um, you know, it's okay if boys play, right? Oh. Like, it's, you can accept them at the table, um, because they really view it as, like, that's their thing. Yeah. Right? And which was great. I was like, yes, that's okay. But I, I also really wanted to emphasize to them, like, if they're in a situation where it is like a bunch of boys sitting at a table, they have every right to sit down at that table too. Absolutely. Okay. You know? yeah. And I think that they have that message loud and clear, and we just need to keep pushing that message out in game stores and in cons and everything. On podcasts. In podcasts. On podcasts. Yeah. 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 Parenting talk. Thank you I for saw coming this to Parenting talk. Yeah, we're going to be doing it. It's ever, uh, one of my favorite stories from Twitter from the last couple of months was, uh, I don't even know who did it, so I, I wish I could give them credit, but they said... Uh, you know, bad news. I found out my daughter was skipping uh, oh, her, her, her tutoring uh, for algebra in high school. Uh-huh. The good news, I found out she was skipping it to run a Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> in the back of the library with six boys. Yep, she was the I dungeon master. That. Awesome. And I was like, I love yeah. this. I was like, yes, yeah. let's get. I I want this to be. You know, yes. obviously, don't skip anything you're supposed to be yeah. doing, but. That's Stay in school, kids. That, you know what? You're going to use D&D a lot more than you're going to use algebra. You heard it here first. <laughs> Whoa. Shots fired. <laughs> <It's gonna be laughs> algebra. The algebra podcast is going to come get us. <laughs> algebra do, talk is going to be like, Algebra talk. <laughs> I when say, you're like, a jet. <laughs> I tell them my girls use any of the tables for things like um, modifiers. Yeah. I make them do the equation. Ew. No, <laughs> now, you, now you lost yeah, the that's interview over. I had you on the hook. I was, I was reeling you in. Oh, I lost you. Like, I got to do let, homework. Let X. Yeah. It's pretty easy. Orc's face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Minus 10 divided by 2 round down. So I wasn't good at math, okay? Yeah, I'm not good at math either. I mean, when I have the, the big numbers, major. when I have the big numbers of things I have to add up, like different dice together, I get like paranoia. I'm like, yeah. oh my god, there's too many dice. Someone do this for me. You do it. <laughs> it's, I'll tell you though, it's, not, it's, not, the yeah, it's not the math that scares off the students at all. It's the, it's the size of the books. 
Oh, yeah. just the, like the number of yeah. pages that they yeah. have to. They yeah. Have. Well, they I've, don't have to read it all. No, they don't have to read it all. Um, I've actually taken to you know uh, printing out the free basic rules. Yep. Wizards gives away free basic rules. They give like basic. You guys know that. It is like right. the full, it's like the Dungeon Master's Guide, the Player's Handbook, and the Monster Manual. It's everything you need to play. In one little PDF yep. that yeah. you can download for free and print out. And yep. it's available on D&D Beyond as well. You can yeah. figure it out there. Yeah, yeah. For so, free, no cost. Totally. Yeah. Actually, D&D Beyond would be good for these kids. So we, yeah, so we actually tried to use it last year a little bit, and we the only stumbling block that we hit last year was that it was a Twitch sign-up, and you had to be 14 to sign up. Oh, and yeah. And we're in middle school, so actually, yep. like, some of our 8th graders are 14. But we didn't actually talk about their characters and how they create them. Oh, yes. <laughs> Let me tell you about how they create their characters. <laughs> I feel like you were about to say something else, too. No, though. no, I no. I was going to just plug for D&D Beyond that they just opened up uh, uh, Google sign-up. So you can authenticate with Google now. So oh, I see. So that is yeah. awesome for schools because a lot of schools use Google. Yeah. Great. So, All right. Yeah. Done and done. Well they have They have a school program. If you like, reach out to their, their support people, they'll hook you up with that, I think. Um, yeah, I, I was encouraging them to do that because I'm like, you're going to get a lot of people totally. asking. Yeah, we already are, and they're yeah. like, yes, we are. I'm like, so make it a thing, make it a process. Yeah, yeah. So that's something that I, I definitely want to look into for next year. Um, but for my students, I, you know, character sheets are complicated. Yes, and it takes you like a full session at least to like set up a character. Yes, sometimes more than a session. Yes, and one of the so I decided early on I was not going to do that. Like I wanted them to play right away, and I was like, "This is my first D and D club session." Right. So I was like, "Okay, um, we need." Like I was like all stressed out. I'm like, "I got to get them hooked right away. Got to get them, you know, like coming back for more." And we get we have to play like an exciting adventure. Start off with some action. So what I did was I said, "Okay, we're going to start off at zero level." And zero level actually is an old D and D thing from like second edition, right? Which I couldn't afford. I was like a poor college student when second <laughs> right, edition. Right, you'd be came like out. a commoner. You wouldn't have any skills. You're yeah, and you're, yeah. And I picked this up from playing a game called DCC, which is Dungeon Crawl Classics. They and they kind of riff on this whole zero level idea. And so you, all I did was I had each girl roll a D thirty, and I said, okay, you're going to pick off this table. What is your background? It could be like a glass blower, like a, I don't know, like a stable hand, uh, blacksmith, a cook, you know, just all random Seattle, stuff. The glass yeah, blower, that makes sense. Right, exactly. <laughs> Farmer. Yeah. <laughs> you could work at sub pop, you know, basic <laughs> backgrounds. Music intern. Common. Right. Yeah. Commoner. Commoner. Uh, <laughs> web developer, the basics. Yeah. Uh, it's a fantasy setting. Yeah. And uh, so they, they do that, and then they pick out, uh, let's see, they pick out race, and then they get a name, and that was it. Like, that's okay. where we stopped. And I, I think I just gave them each, like, four hit points, or maybe I had them roll for hit points. And we just started playing. We did not even talk about alignment. Mm. They just start playing right away, and I'm like, you're in this village, and, you know, you're, you're sweeping out the stable, mm. and you're working in the kitchen, and all of a sudden you hear, you hear some cries from outside, and you rush outside, and you see this guy come into town, and he's got, like, you know, this cut on his side, and he's, he's stumbling into the village, and he's holding something in his hand. You know, and then they're hooked. Yeah. That was it. Because like, like oh, this is that a, was our campaign. This is a scene. Yeah, that was our campaign for the rest of like the entire quarter. And we then just you played. just slowly leveled. So what, we, what, what did he have in his hand? So oh, he had <laughs> finish the story. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he had he had a map in his hand, and he was coming to warn them about the wolf riders were coming, oh. and the wolf riders not what you think, not what you think. And uh, there so was they, wolves riding wolves. They were not riding wolves. They were wolf <laughs> centaurs. Wow! Yes. Wool. Dun, dun, Lyco, dun. Lyco Towers. That's what I call them. Lyco Towers. Lyco Towers. Oh, Lyco yeah. Towers. Lyco Towers. There you go. Could they go to other forms? Could they be like no, human they're, form? Or? No, they're just Lyco Towers. Oh my gosh. Yeah, they're pretty straight up. How did those get created? I, yeah, literally on the moment when I like decided what is the Wolf Rider going to be. Really? <laughs> yeah. 
That's I love those so, stories. There's a, like, yeah. a lot of improv. This is like game. with Chris Perkins, where he was yeah. like, "I didn't know that they were going to yeah. roll for their head points." Or the squirrel was going to vanish. Or the squirrel was gonna, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Do the girls have a hard time hurting animals? Hurting or hurting? hurting. Um, like even oh, though this they're is like, a big deal. Okay, so let me talk about this for a moment. So yeah. actually, in the with that first group uh, of players, there was a scene where they're walking along, and I was like, "Okay, I kind of want to get them out of the wilderness." Now they fled their village. Um, they had some cool wilderness encounters, but I want to get them into a dungeon or something like that. And so I set up this, like, ruin, and I was like, I have to tempt them into this ruin because it turns out, like, ruins, when you say ruins, it's just not appealing. They don't, they're, 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 yeah. no, no, and they're not no. thinking about magic items or gold right. pieces. Yeah. yeah, they've never experienced like, that. I'm like, yeah. there's stuff in the ground. <laughs> um, so I had, like, what, you know, what I was like, okay, I'm going to have some bad guys. So I decided... And by the way, Cat Krieger's D20 Dames podcast changed my thinking about this, which I'll talk about. But uh, I decided to have kobolds because I was like, I grew up in the 80s, man. You kobolds are bad. Dude. They're, you know, yep. they're bad news. And so I had all these kobolds and I figured they could take them in a fight. And they had kidnapped this little girl. And I was like, you guys have to rescue this girl, right? It was a pretty cut and dry case, I right. thought. And they went to, they were like, yeah, we're going to like, we're going to go in and get these, these kobolds. And one of these girls was like, you know, they're, they're like attacking them. And I realized at one point, I'm like, I'm teaching these girls how to murder these kobolds. And I was like, maybe I should think about this for a moment. Mm. And so I kind of backed off from that a little bit in the middle of the fight. And I was like, you can fight to subdue them. So they're like, okay, we're going to subdue them. And then uh, they tied them up. And then one of the girls in my group was like, now I kill them. <gasps> oh. She's, she's a finisher. No, she's like, she just wanted to like tie that knot off. She was yeah. like, we don't want to have any loose ends. That's, you know? Wow. That's a very Joe Manganiello way of, of playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. He's and, the same way. He's like, no, no loose ends. And I love it too. And I'm like, you know, I can be really metal about it. But at the same time, these were sixth graders. And I was like, I was like okay, a we're going to press. Yeah. And I was like, I, so I pressed pause for a second. I'm like, okay, hold on a second. Let's talk about alignment. And oh. let's decide. Maybe your character would do this. Maybe not. And they all picked alignments, and they ended up deciding, no, we're not going to kill the kobolds. Right. Um, they left the kobolds tied up. They rescued the little girl, and uh, some wolves ate the kobolds later. But oh, yeah. But they, the girls didn't kill the. Kobolds. They didn't kill. Them. That they was the important part. Yeah. So they're neutral. Yeah. And since then, I've actually started to present humanoid uh, creatures as like just. Creatures, just like not bad guys, not good yeah, guys. Whatever is in their imagination. Yeah, they're just yeah. like, you know, here's some kobolds that you meet. Maybe they're traders. Maybe they've got stuff to sell. Well, that's an interesting tangent, you know, right? Because there, yeah. there is something that I have struggled with as a dungeon master as well as a player of like, well, sometimes you just want to have them be bad guys. And yeah. you know, to, you know, part of the escapism of the D&D fantasy is like, all right, you, you're going to kill some things. Yeah. Right? And so you don't want to necessarily be like, well, are the orcs, have they been. You know, like, you, Maybe it's yes. their upbringing. It can, it can be very, you know, getting in moral quandaries when sometimes that style of game is not what you want. I don't want to pull any punches either because it's a bunch of middle school girls. I want right. them to have had that experience of, yeah, we can slay orcs, sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You know, like I want them to feel like, yeah, I can wield the sword. My character can wield the sword. Right. Um, so most of the time the monsters were non-humanoid that we ended up killing. Uh, a lot of centipedes. Um, Bugs are bad. Some, yeah. Like demonic entities. Yeah. Um, Misty snake forms. That's yeah. good. Screw snakes. Lycatars. 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 But I mean, what if they're a nice Lycatars? They could be. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> they just needed to be like. They're just mis- they, they didn't, you know, right. We well, could see, I know. Them. I think no, this is, but then you know what? Actually, we have to have you back because this is going to be like yeah, a whole nother like, we, mo- yeah. moral yeah. conversation. It's very important, when you, especially when you're playing with kids. It's actually how the first pet happened. Oh, really? Yeah, because I had some wolves just in that theme. Mm. And one of the girls was like, 
wait, in the middle of a battle with it, she was like, can I, de- can I, can I make it my pet? Can I, like, tame it? Yeah. And I, de- I had to develop a That'd whole system mean. for taming it, like, right there. I had a very similar. I was playing with my, my daughters. Uh, this was about a year ago now, but I yeah. set up kind of, a, kind of a, your thing, a very similar, like, oh, we're just going to start. They're going to go take care of some wolves that are, are terrorizing the sheep. Yeah. Right? All right, they're going to kill the wolves, right? And they get the wolf. And my, my oldest daughter, I try to describe it as much snarling. It's coming at you. It's, you know, you have yeah. to attack it because it's going to rip your throat out. And she's like, I want to tame it. I'm oh. like, oh, God. All right, well, roll a d20, yeah. and we'll see if you can do it. And I was ready to, to fail, sure. right? 20. Roll, <gasps> roll a nat 20. So, and I'm like, all right. You wow. Get fluffy, the wolf. So you, somehow what you did. Here's oh my, my tip. God. Here's my tip for, for taming animals. Yeah. yeah. Do a death save, but it's a taming save. Ah. Right? So you, you have to do. It'd be three of in a row. Oh, right yeah, in a row. But with a nat 20, but then it would be an automatic. Yeah, you know, nat 20, sure. For yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. no matter what our I bonus mean, was to animal yeah, husbandry, no. it was going to be. Because you still have that tension then. Yes. You have that excitement. Yes. And I, I and couldn't take that away from her. I was yeah. like, oh, you rolled a 20. That's the best thing in the world. You get to get a pet. Yeah. I mean, that, yep, that's the you reward you have from that. But um, then, like, you can show her how it's kind of annoying to have a pet. <laughs> now you have to wake up early in the morning to take that wolf out to oh the God, bathroom. That is a good gotta lesson. Go and walk, you got to scoop his poop up all gotta the time. Got to walk your like a tower. Yeah. Gotta oh, walk your like a tower. You can't stay out late. Your dog needs to get walked. Well. And he has separation anxiety, and he's going to tear the, the front door off your house. Can we co- co-DM this? Yes. <laughs> I and dead cats. Your dead cat is the worst. <laughs> oh, no. The dead. No. Right. Um, so I feel like there's so much more we yeah, can talk about. There, I want to delve into all of these topics, and I want to necessarily find out what's going to be the, after the D and D club. Other things you're doing? Yeah, well, follow me on Twitter. You'll I'll keep you all posted. Um, Where are you at on the Twitter? Just so I everybody listening can know. At Ethan Schoonover, and you will be able to catch up on everything I'm doing. I will post. Uh, I'm going to try to really try to get that material up online for oh, folks cool. over the summer. So. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be awesome. And I'm going to be coming back to. Uh, we're going to Codium. Are we going to co DM? What? I don't know. I'm going through the program. Okay, you're going to go through the program yeah. first, and then we'll co DM. And then we that would that seems like a good no step yeah. to go after yeah. the program. She's how and scared then... she got immediately? <laughs> <laughs> Something you might have experienced yes. uh, uh, before. Yeah. But oh. you're in. You're flushed. You're ready to go. But yeah. I want. I do want to learn. Yeah. And I really do think I want to DM for kids. I think that's my audience. DMing I really for do. kids is the best. Like new, like just introduce those little fresh young minds. Yeah, you should come to one of my public sessions. Coming okay. Up. Yeah. Well, that's just to play. Just to play. Yeah. Yeah. Can I'll I bring my kids? Totally. Do it. We will like Quinn and I we can will... play together. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. You'll co-play. <laughs> co-play with Quinn. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. All right. So we got lots of plans. All right. Things all are right. happening. We're gonna make it all. I'm Thank so you so excited. much for uh, thank you both for being we have here. Wanted yeah. to talk to you for such a long time. I'm I know. So glad yeah. that yeah. we got to do this. Me yeah, too. It's been great. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much. That was a fantastic interview. Woo! I really enjoyed uh, uh, hearing about all of the the, the, the new generation of, yes. of of not just people, the women who are going to be playing Dungeons and Dragons for inspiring. years and years to come. And it's good for them. It is good for them. These women are going to be empowered. Yeah, because of their time with Ethan. It's like having that yes. delicious, uh, uh, you know, uh, vegetarian food that you know is good for you. Gives you all the building blocks and the vitamins that you need, but it's also delicious and fun. Like the Impossible Burger. It's impossible. It's delicious. D and D is the impossible game. But but not because it's you should all play it. Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean impossible to exist because it is super fun and enjoyable, but it also impossibly is, is, fun. It, it, no wait, hold Man. on. Yeah, who writes this marketing copy? I don't know. Throw it away. Get it out of here. Bah. Ah. 
Um, what's exciting about what's uh, uh, you're we're back? We get to do these these all the time well, and talk to, talk to each other. Again. I know, right? I actually saved up a lot of conversation. I did too, I and to I do... haven't even told you all the things that I was going to tell. But you. What are the things? Tell me some. Quinn was in a musical today. <gasps> what? A yeah. musical? Yeah. What do you do? Oh, it's actually a musical. Musical. Because it was about barnyard animals. Click clack moo. No, but oh, I love that. No, he okay. was. I forgot. I don't even know what it was called. But he, uh, he, his class was the pigs, and uh-huh. they were neat neck pigs, and they were offended that people keep calling them dirty, and they all had cleaning supplies, and they were like, "Sweep that slop, sweep that slop." Wow. I know, and he actually volunteered to have a speaking part. <gasps> really? Yeah, which is really odd for my anxious shy. child. Yeah. But like walking into the auditorium, he was like, "I'm not doing. I I am not doing it. I'm not doing it." His teacher was like, "You don't have to do it. Don't worry about it." Oh. So he didn't do his speaking part, but what he was did his do this. Part? Oh, I don't. Did you rehearse it with him? I tried. I was trying. I'm like, I'm not going to be a stage mom, but I really want to be. <laughs> no, we're going to make it your makeup and your hair like, just oh right. My God. I kept telling him about the time, like, you know, my first play, I was in second grade. <laughs> uh, Mr. Guffman's in the front row, and <laughs> this might, this musical the might go to Broadway. Forest, and I was a bluebird, and I was also the only bluebird that had a speaking part. And I still remember my line. He was like, "Gosh, you already told me this." It did not inspire him, but I was so proud that did- he. Almost. Almost did it. But he, yeah. he sang. He did the rest of it. Sweet. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, I heard his friend did a very good job dancing as well. Oh, my God. His friend was – his friend stole the show mm. in the best way. And I told him, like, Maddox, you were so awesome. You stole the show. And he was like, no, I was there. <laughs> Like, uh, okay. He's like, like, I don't understand your idioms. I don't get it. Yeah. And then, like, two seconds later, he told me that I always look like I'm crying. (laughs) He's a sweet talker, that Maddox. He really knows uh, all the right things to say to moms out there. I did cry seeing Quinn sing because it was, like, so overwhelmingly adorable. Right. And I was like, oh, this is, like, recording. This is so cute. This is amazing. And then when Maddox did his part, I even cried a little for him because he was so cute. And so, yeah, he's not wrong. You're like, you always do look like you're crying. I usually am. Only at school functions, though. Yeah. Yeah. I love how they do it, like, in the morning now. That's what Bart said. It's so great because you can just, you know, yeah, because... Uh, Edna did a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Whoa, that's like a real one. No, why isn't it? It was Mary Poppins. Sorry, it was Mary Poppins. She's doing Charlie and the Chocolate Factory next week. Where? At the school. Like, they do these, like, school, um, they're called STEAM programs where they, like, you can volunteer into them so they can, you can do this, you can do other things. And she just loves doing all the musical stuff. So much so that she is now, like, when people ask her what she wants to be when she grows up, guess what she says? An actress. Yes. Wait, is this Fiona or Edna? No, this is Edna. Are you serious? Yeah. Of course. That's what she says I'm not now. even a little surprised. It's, I, I was surprised that it happened this early, honestly. She's eight, but like she's, no. like, she's in. She's in it to win it. Oh, she wants to is perform. Aaron Mostly happy a singer. about this? Yeah, we're all super happy because it's going to be exciting oh, to see her dreams you know, uh, uh, be realized, I hope. <gasps> That's so cute. I still think Quinn's going to be a professional wrestler. Oh, yeah. He's got the skills. Yeah. Yeah, but he's got to bulk up. Got to bulk yeah. up. Get him on some protein. My God. Some, some powders. Yeah. Some creatine. For sure. Wait, no, what's, that's, is that bad? I don't know. <laughs> I'll Google it. We'll give him some enhancing drugs. No big deal. <laughs> <It's> juicing, man. <laughs> Gotta start him young. Juice it up, kid. Uh, that's not true. Do not start them young, except Do not juice with Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Start that young. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so, uh, where can people... Good save. F- I know, I'm trying. Uh, where can people find out about uh, what you're doing, Shelly Mazanoble? Well, as if they're going to want to after that. <laughs> <laughs> Here's how to hate follow Shelly. 
Give me all your parenting advice on Twitter <laughs> at Shelly Moo. I am not juicing my kid. <laughs> okay, good. Let's clear that Obviously. up. Obviously, let's clear that up because that seemed like that was what was what was right. happening. Oh, oh! No. <laughs> <laughs> we got an image of uh, Shelly's mug, which says, "Not the worst mom." Oh yeah, it's that's, true. That's perfectly done. Yes, thank you, Pelham. Well Green. done, Pelham. Pelham, you got you're like the Ben Looms of podcasts. <laughs> You know just the right thing to do at the right moment. A second too late. (laughs) (laughs) What Uh, about you, Greg Tito? I am on the Twitters, at Greg Tito. You can find me there. I'm also on Instagrams. Uh, Greg underscore Tito. I post a lot of pictures from D&D Live Ooh, there. Oh, I see that. Um, and speaking of which, I'll be doing, hopefully, uh, by the time you listen to this in podcast form, there will already be a massive thread thanking everyone who contributed to, uh, or as many people as I could or have pictures of, uh, thanking them uh, for everything they did for D&D Live. There That's is, nice. it's, it, you know, part of the craziness about having a huge event like this is there's a lot of people to thank. A lot Take of things. The village. Uh, so I'm trying to compile as many pictures as I can uh, and and uh, writing a little bit about uh, about as That's many of them nice. as I can. So I, we yep. don't for an event like this. There's no credits page. There's no like scroll of like oh here's right. what everybody did. So I'm trying to make uh, this be that. But we'll uh, we'll see. Hopefully that'll be going That's on nice and that'll you. be on the Twitter. So look Good. for it there. If you want to find out about everything that happens in the world of D and D, go to DungeonsAndDragons.com. Dragon Plus will have a uh, new issue out with a lot of the stuff from Baldur's Gate Descent into Avernus as well as from D&D Live. Matt Chapman, the EIC of Dragon Plus, was there. Yes. And Fuego. He was writing so much amazing stuff uh, that will all go into uh, Dragon Plus. <laughs> Why are you laughing at it? Because I just noticed a tweet from Jim Zub that says, Eat it! Eat the coin! <laughs> <laughs> This is your face. Uh, your oh, soul Jimmy, is right here, love you so Jim. Much. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I think that's it. I think we just got to get this out of here. We're done. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. See all of the D and D stuff, and uh, we'll just have to drop soul coins on the microphone to piss off Ryan now. Oh. 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 Adam Lee's soul is heavy. We're in hell. I'm-